figured in the beginning we can just kind of jump into some some stuff randomly we've been watching lately but uh, Amanda and I had just finished uh, Grace and Frankie last night which the uh, last episode of the fourth season um, I don't think we've talked about that yet with you guys that we'd started watching that um, it's on Netflix and um, I love Lily Tomlin that was my main draw um, there's a lot of good people involved in it and everything but uh, the first season I didn't really care for you know it's about, it's about like two old ladies who uh, uh, start living together because their husbands have like multiple decades uh come out as gay together uh so it's kind of like our situation if if you and i came out as gay in about 30 (laughs) or 40 years and amanda and brandy lived together if there was a sitcom about that that's what we've been watching right so we have to wait 40 years (laughs) all right (laughs) we're for the long haul in 40 years they'll come back to this episode and be like you know we should have had an inkling Uh, but no, so the the first season I didn't really like it was okay. Whatever Amanda kept watching it, I didn't keep watching it. But then the second season, I would hear her watching it, and I'd kind of pop in and out of the room. And then we both got really into it. And by the fourth, what are you season, doing in here? <laughs> and by the fourth season, we loved it, and uh, so we just finished that. We might just start it over because um, it was really good. But uh, I don't know if you had checked it out or if you cared at all. Um, no, I've I've uh, heard about it. I've yeah. haven't seen it myself, but it's it's definitely one of those shows that I want to uh, be able to go back and and watch there's just so much content out there i know it it's it's, it's a lot it's, just hard. it's like you can only watch what you can watch yeah you know <laughs> like i still haven't seen the last two seasons of voltron my precious voltron oh yeah wow uh, i haven't seen the newest season of the tick i mean this Man, it's, yeah. I'll, I'll never be caught up i know it's it, gonna be impossible if it, it's almost like overwhelming sometimes and i know that's silly because it's just like tv shows right but it's entertainment yeah <laughs> yeah there's yeah. so much good stuff out there though they don't want to miss out on it either so like i'm so yeah. far behind in the marvel uh tv shows on netflix and stuff um mm-hmm. from all the different like sequels of shows and all that and like we still haven't started jessica jones because we haven't and uh so you know now that we finish this one we have a little more time um mm-hmm. available or whatever but we've been so enthralled in that show we just wanted to keep watching that one so yeah yeah that's how it happens sometimes there's just so much out there i'm glad you brought that up i, I meant to mention that on on the last podcast jessica jones season two mm-hmm. um it, you really <laughs> it almost picks up right after season one in a mm-hmm. way like i know the defenders happen in between there but yeah i really think you could go from one to the other there's very a little like connective tissue mm-hmm. there and there's even a recap of season one at the beginning of oh, cool. this season so if you don't have time to go back and rewatch season one you can just jump right into this one and uh, yeah, that's cool. have too much confusion at all. Yeah, I, I actually meant to ask you that um, uh, if it because I hadn't watched the rest of the like Daredevil season two and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but definitely the Defenders. I was like, if anything, kind of like the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you'd expect like you know major things happen in the like Avengers movies that you can't mm-hmm. necessarily just watch like all the Captain Americas or all the Iron Man or all the Thor movies because if you miss those parts, you're, like, missing, like, big chunks of plot that, like, yeah. change things in later movies. So um, you can do it, but it's, like, you really need that other context. So, I, yeah, I'd wondered if the Defenders was, was necessary uh, to watch season two, but it doesn't seem to be the case. So that's good. No, not on this one. It's, it's almost like um, kind of how Captain America Winter Soldier mm-hmm. was after... Um, after the first Avengers movie, mm-hmm. like we know he's in like the present day, but we knew that from Captain America one. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, not, not, not a lot there. They're both really good though. Yeah. Right, right on. So. Well, yeah, I'd love to check that out. Um, and I made this, you I know, can't hear you for some reason. Well, what happened? You should what changed? get over it. <laughs> well, that happens. Um, yeah, it kind of ruined our intro there, but, uh, what do you say? We're just doing it and I'll just figure out how editing goes later. 
Okay. Sound good? <laughs> so we're doing it. I'm Steven. I'm Brent. And uh, welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Uh, today's show topic is Age of Ultron, both the 2013 Marvel Comics miniseries and the Avengers Age of Ultron movie from 2015. Hooray! <laughs> That's how excited we are. No, we are really excited. We were texting <laughs> yeah, all last definitely. night about it. Yeah, I'm pumped to talk yes. about these. Yeah, I, I mean, I've read the the comics before, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've obviously we both have seen the movies, but uh, I'm interested to hear your take on the, the comics since the, yeah. the two are way different uh, from each other. <laughs> it's funny, too, like, you, you told me, you warned me it was way different, but um, there's actually, like, very little crossover because there there can't possibly be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they don't have you know say Wolverine, <laughs> so right, it changes yeah. things quite quite a lot. Uh, so yeah, it was quite different, but uh, very intriguing, and uh, I'd love to to discuss the the differences and the similarities of title alone, pretty much. <laughs> you think you know, but you have no idea. What this is the diary of Stephen Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> you read my diary, you son of a bitch. <laughs> You shouldn't have left your key out. Oh, man. Well, if I leave it out, if I don't leave it out, I forget it. I always lose it. So I'll leave, I'll leave it already tucked in the lock right there. You should just leave leave it unlocked. <laughs> but then everybody can get to it. Brent, come on. Listen, all I ask is that you do not leave your key out at your home in Texas to where I can simply drive down there nine hours, break into your home. I thought it was and, safe. And, and break into your diary. I thought it was safe. I didn't realize you had that much... Uh, you drive uh, to drive that far. I didn't know you had it mm-hmm. in you, but yeah. Listen, you can call me Dominic Toretto. I'm so driven, <laughs> and that's that's just the one of many Dominic Toretto interjections throughout this series because uh, he is all over Age of Ultron. <laughs> right. Well, this series of uh, let's talk about stuff. Uh, yeah. really, because mm-hmm. he's going to come back in a big way. Oh, absolutely. Every episode. <laughs> that is the Brent Hibbert guarantee. <laughs> Everybody's been clamoring for it. We deliver. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on. Um, who uh, do you do you have a, an ad today? Oh shit! Yeah. Sorry. Uh, let me look that up. Um, if you would, uh, mm-hmm. you want to take them through the uh, the contact stuff, and I'll, I'll get that pulled up here. Yeah, I will. Uh, so don't yeah, forget okay. to email your questions and show topic ideas and dog pictures to let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail dot com, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at L-T-A-S pod. Okay, cool. Okay, I've got it pulled up here. Um, I've had a chance to go through the script here, so mm, I'm, okay. I'm just going to do a cold reading. Um, mm. Okay, they they requested an accent, so I guess we'll, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> got to deliver. Hey, hosers. Are you tired of nonstop superhero movie discussion? Are you tired of hearing about pop culture? <laughs> Does the nasally droning of Stuart and the other guy drive you absolutely Looney Tunes? <laughs> If so, download the real Let's Talk About Stuff podcast based out of Canada, eh? Hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of boring you with the same pop culture talk you hear on any number of podcasts, the Canadian LTAS offers you discussion about stuff you don't care about with people you've never heard of. Maple syrup. (laughs) For example, we have a friend who works in the movie industry, but instead of getting insight into the filmmaking, uh, we'll talk about backhoes or whatever. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> the Canadian LTAS is the one true LTAS. <clears throat> Except for the one on YouTube that began four years ago, but we don't need to get into that. 
Universal health <laughs> Universal healthcare. Look, we all know there's only two things in this world. It's stuff and things. So side with the original stuff talkers of the Canadian Let's Talk About Stuff podcast. Hockey again. Well, that was a weird one. That was... Didn't expect that. Uh, listen, I think... Um, I don't know who was laughing during that because it was not funny to us. Uh, we definitely need to proofread our ads coming through now because uh, they snuck attack in there, you know, and uh, and we just read an ad for, for our, our nemesis. Yeah. Our nemesis. Uh, we didn't mean to do that. No. And we really should get rid of the uh, the audience that's in here. That's it's mostly silent while we talk. <laughs> um, I don't appreciate them laughing while no. we were going through that. Obviously uh, hard. And I, and I do apologize to the audience for having to hear that. Man. But, uh, <clears throat> Look, I mean, if you want to send us sponsor copy, I guess I'm just going to read it cold. I guess so. Um, yeah, I, I uh, slacked off on that one. So, Well, I mean, it's what's done is done. Uh, they did pay us nothing, yeah. so we had yeah. to read it, you know, yeah. <laughs> to keep us really, going. Really, they just paid us attention, uh, and that's the most we could ask for, so. Hockey! <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for the ad copy. Um, the other um, lesser, let's talk about stuff. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, yeah. uh, kind of going further with these, did we have any uh, shout outs today? We do. What? Uh, I had no got... idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a mystery to me. <laughs> All right. So um, uh, l- let me start with the, the first one, which was uh, from Daniel Sanchez via Twitter. Um, he responded to the the uh, the call out um, mm. that we shamefully put on, <laughs> on air from the last episode, um, and he he agrees with us that both Guardians of the Galaxy films are better than Wonder Woman. Yes, so that's that's the important takeaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still defends Tokyo Drift, mm-hmm. um, which I will take to my deathbed as saying that's a, a bad movie. Yeah, but uh, he's certainly <laughs> entitled to his opinion, and I will fight to the death to protect his right to do so. Oh, wait. You'll fight him to the death? <laughs> we'll fight him <laughs> to the death to make sure his opinion is right. It only makes Look, sense. He, I'm sure he would destroy me, but uh, after he's done just slaughtering me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he will say Tokyo Drift is the best or whatever. So Wow. And you know, and, and, yeah. and you will have given him that, that, that extra boost, that extra life to do that. So True. I mean, I, I applaud your effort uh, to keep free speech alive, um, mm-hmm. even in the... Uh, while I'm dead. While, while you're dead. <laughs> it's the American way. It's the American way. <laughs> well, he's an artist, so he can, like, take my skull and put, like, pens and pencils and... Oh, okay. There. Yeah. So it'll be, like, yeah. useful and everything, like, out your eye holes yeah. and everything. Yeah. That's nice. You know, I'm a giver. Hey. <laughs> of life. <laughs> <laughs> with with my life, basically. Right. <laughs> I also make a great pencil holder. <laughs> the, I also make a great pencil holder. The Brent Hibbard story. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the book that's written about you afterwards. <laughs> Is this uh, when I come out as gay forty years from now? I often kept pencils on my butt. Nobody ever asked why. <laughs> oh man. Ooh. All right. Uh, do we have any other shout outs? We do. And speaking of uh, dicks and uh, and whatnot, that type of thing, uh, <laughs> we actually got a, uh, an email this week from Kent Blue. Um, he emailed us a an Amazon review. 
Yes. It wasn't his, but uh, it was epic, and I uh, was overjoyed that he sent that to us. So yep. um, I will read that for you right now. It looks like it's by um, Steve from Amazon. We all know Steve. You know Steve. It's not me, though. No. Yeah. No. It's the other one. Yeah. It's yeah. only two. Uh, so th- <laughs> this is a review of the Oscar-winning film The Shape of Water on DVD and digital HD with Ultra V. Oh. which I'm assuming is ultraviolet. Yeah. It's just abbreviated on this thing. Anyway, so somebody, <laughs> uh, Steve here, he gave this a one-star rating. And the title, <laughs> the title of his review is, You Never See the Fish's Dick. <laughs> it sounds so angry right off the bat. It does. <laughs> it's like a bad No, uh, the format he watched this on, or at least left the review on, was uh, Amazon Video. Mm. So I guess he just streamed this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking for that sweet fish dick, but... Uh, <laughs> He did not get it. So in his review, he states, I wish I could give this thing zero stars. You don't see the fish's dick. Not once. How is such a thing possible? Let's make Jurassic Park, but not show the dinosaurs. Let's make aliens, but with no xenomorphs. How about Titanic with zero boat? And as we know on a previous podcast, it's yep. actually a ship. Yep. And we do apologize for his strong language. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so um, this is a movie about a lady having sex with a fish who has a fish penis and the fact that you never get to lay eyes upon his aquatic member is an embarrassment to everyone involved. I would love to say, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, but I'm definitely both. Best picture my ass, anyone who says they like this file needs to take a look in the mirror and tell themselves they deserve better than a movie about a woman who has sex with a fish where you never see the fish's dick, not once. He was very, like, passionate about that dick, man. Very passionate, very very eloquent yeah. as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, for that review. So, um, look. Sorry, Steve. Uh, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I've not seen the movie. I know. Uh, but uh, in my email, my email response back to Kent Blue, mm-hmm. I said, uh, I've not seen this movie, and I guess they don't need to. So, oh, wow, yeah. You went, you know. you went that harsh, yeah. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. I'd like to think that there's, like, maybe a special feature where um, it was like one intern's job to do that dick. And he was, you know, proud to tell his parents he got a job and he uh, was working on some, some, some new footage. And then he gets in the movie and he's like sad because it's not in the movie. You know, like they took it out. And there's, it's somewhere on the cutting room floor. There's a dick on the cutting room floor. What can I say? That's what I'm hoping. Oh. Mm-hmm. What if the editor's name was Bobbit? And they'd be like... <laughs> Maybe like it was meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> they should have, uh, you know how people are clamoring for a Snyder cut of Justice League mm-hmm. for some mm-hmm. reason? They should have a Cotquatic uh, cut of oh The Shape God. of Water. That was unfair. I was taking water, drinking water. That was unfair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they should have a Cotquatic version of this uh-huh. uh, where you can see it and it's just like a just fish dick all over the place. Man. It's Lang and Dong. <laughs> I have like other jokes, but I'm afraid they're too dirty for the podcast. <laughs> well, I did try to keep it clean. Sure. Um, but yeah, that was a, an amazing review. I was very excited to see that pop up in the email. That was hilarious. Uh, I, I actually almost watched that movie last night. I didn't turn it on eventually, but uh, uh, I might watch that today. You know, Sunday is a good movie for just random movies during the, week, the afternoon. I saw it was uh, on iTunes uh, last night, and I was pretty pumped about watching it. Uh, this Best Picture nominee, um, even though there's no dick in it, um, I think I'll, I'll persevere. Well, he, he said there's no fish dick. There may be oh. actual dick in okay. there. Okay, okay, so it's so leaving it open. There, there, All right. Yep. 
That would there ha- is hope. Uh, it would actually be a little more, more slap in the face if there wasn't fish dick, but there was other dick. I feel. Oh yeah. Oh, even your dog agrees. <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah. Thank you uh, for the email, Kent, and for the uh, tweet, Daniel. Uh, thank you guys for. Uh, sending those our way and please anybody else uh, again you can send those to let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com or twitter instagram at l-t-a-s pod send us uh, any funny things dog pictures um fish dick emails whatever you got we like them all yeah yeah hector roman i know you got something you want to tell us <laughs> i like how you're, you know how to do it you're going along with the uh shouting out each individual person that we know <laughs> yeah. listens to the podcast <laughs> we'll get through the whole list until we get to ourselves <laughs> We'll just start sending stuff to to each other. I like that. That'll work. Yeah. Um, I we ate dinner with uh, with a one Miss Sarah Brindley um, the other day, and and I had, we were talking about the podcast, and she was like, "I didn't I didn't realize you're going to read my entire email on the podcast." And I was like, "Yeah, it was all great. Of course we would. Like, why, yeah. why would we not?" So uh, again, we spent fifty minutes dissecting it. Of course, yeah, we <laughs> give this content for the show. We're always looking for content, so that's the that's the goal, yeah. basically. That's why we're asking for stuff. We like funny things, so uh, send them our way. So uh, sure. you want to just hop into our? Uh, I don't know if it's like if you'd call it like a mini topic discussion. I guess that's how you have it on here. But uh, get into the comic first, or get into uh, some of the other things that I, should, I guess I see you have on here. Uh, yeah, um, real quick, I I had a note for Guardians of the Galaxy from last week that I totally oh, forgot. Excellent. I just skipped over. I had it written down. I just uh, just moved on. Um, but I wanted to mention real quick that um, in the opening scene of mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, we've got the young uh, Peter Quill there. Mm-hmm. Um, I noted that that character is played by Wyatt Olaf, mm-hmm. who is Stan from the newest It movie. So, oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that whenever It came out. Yeah. Man, that's a good movie. Got it in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I can sleep at night. Perfect. You know, I kind of like this. This reminds me, I don't listen to the mini episodes, the, the in-between episodes of how did this get made, but they do that kind of thing, right? They do like arrows and emissions from the episode before. Yes. So yeah. uh, I don't know how many we'll actually have of that, but there are some times that I'm like, oh, fuck, I forgot to bring that up or forgot to write something down about a movie. So I kind of like that as a little, we'll throw those in here and there maybe if we if we realize we missed something for the next week, uh, kind of come back to it. We just do a whole episode, like every weekly episode. It's just like, <laughs> listen, here's a bunch of shit we forgot. There's a bunch of shit we forgot to tell you. And now coming to you from uh, from our homes, three-hour episodes of How Did This Get Paid, where the first hour is dedicated <laughs> to giving all the stuff we might have missed in the two-hour episode before. So, <laughs> Again, strap in. All the straps. It's a great plan for us. But yeah, like here and there, little little one-off facts. That, that's nice. Yeah. Um, and... Of course, we would be remiss mm-hmm. if we didn't hit on the uh, the major trailer that happened oh, this week. My God, we just touch on it, touch on it briefly. Yeah, yet tenderly. Oh, um, the second trailer for Avengers: Infinity War came out, and holy shit! Was that that I saw you put the second trailer? Is that the second trailer? There's been like so many TV spots and stuff out there that I'm like I can't keep track of where this actually lands. It seems like we've had more than that. Yeah, you're totally frozen. Your eyes looked all weird. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> they just look like that. I don't know oh, what to tell you. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you heard me. Uh, yeah, about the the different TV spots and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's so yeah. many of them out there. I, I couldn't really tell where this one landed. Yeah, I mean, this is that's what I, I heard, is that this was the actual like second wow. uh, trailer. Mm-hmm. The first one, well, we got a, a teaser originally than the, oh, okay. the first trailer um, that we've seen millions of times. Mm. Um, and then 
Uh, yeah, this is the second actual trailer. The TV spots might vary a little bit sure. or take clips from the original trailer and chop them up into 30-second uh, things here and there. But, yeah, this is this is almost all new stuff, mm-hmm. really. Um, and holy shit. Oh, so I didn't good. think I could be more excited <laughs> for a movie I was already planning to see, but I know that it. somehow they, they did it. Man, uh, a little context for this, too. I was trying to hold back watching it, and I texted you that... And you were like, oh, I'm watching it. And I was like, well, fuck, then I'm watching it too. But then also <laughs> Danny texted me, my brother, and he was like so pumped to see it. He'd been, he's been texting me every like week or so uh, for the past few weeks being like, where's my new trailer? Like he's been waiting for this. So he was really excited about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely watching it then. Like I really tried to hold back, but uh, I'm glad it didn't. It didn't, it didn't feel like it showed too much. Uh, it got me more excited, but I don't feel like I'm going to, you know, hate that I saw some of these things going into it. Um, sometimes it's really fun to get to kind of go to the movie and not have seen anything or mm-hmm. as, as little as possible. So it's all kind of new, but, um, man, this trailer was cut really well. Uh, got me so fucking pumped for this movie. The only way this trailer could be better is if it was cut to sabotage by the beastie boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure here in the next couple of weeks, we'll get a version of that. As, so thank you internet yeah, in advance. Absolutely. That's everything should be. <laughs> Um, yeah, the sabotage cut of every trailer. Yeah, like that, that Paddington 2. <laughs> I'm sure it's out um, there. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, definitely. If not, we'll make it. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, I'll have to find this another time, but there's a website I stumbled upon recently that Edgar Wright had tweeted about. Um, and I can't remember the song right now. Uh, I'm, I'm losing it. I'll have to try to find it. But uh, it, it, it proposes that there's this song, I think it's by Dire Straits. There's this song that's the perfect song to end every single movie. So the, the website is dedicated to just cutting like the end, like the last like three minutes of any movie to this song. And it works <laughs> every single time. It's so Holy cool. Shit. So it's kind of the same thing. Like Sabotage is like the perfect trailer music. It works for any scenario. Like that's my new theory. Right. Uh, I want to see it for Paddington 2. I want to see it for everything. The King's Speech. The King. The King's Speech. <laughs> Mary Poppins Returns. All of it, man. <laughs> I can't stand it. It works for everything. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I, the I think the trailer for Infinity War is a little bit unique in that a lot of the draw for seeing the actual movie for me is seeing all of these different characters come together and interact, Mm -hmm. you know, in different, uh, groups. So like in this trailer, we get to see Iron Man or Tony Stark, uh, interact with the guardians Mm -hmm. and we just get a a short snippet of that. So I'm so, so looking forward to seeing the rest of their interaction. And I I just feel like there's a lot of stuff we still haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. A lot of interactions and whatnot. So, um, I'm, I'm fully on board. Like I, I don't necessarily need to see another trailer mm-hmm. for this going forward until they release one, like a week before the movie comes out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I'll watch it, but, um, but I don't, uh, I'm not dying for one, yeah. but I am so pumped to see this movie. No, it, it looks awesome to, I like this too. Like you said, like it's seeing all of them interact, uh, like in, in it now, because we haven't really seen that. Um, and, and the comedy that's going to, like, play out of that, uh, like Star-Lord telling Tony, like, okay, that's your idea. Uh, it sucked, so let's come up with a better one or whatever. Like, it's going to be great to see all their banter and stuff together. Um, yeah. Yeah, super pumped for all of that. Um, one of the things I thought about, too, is, like, 
I, I thought I had heard originally there's like 45 characters in this. And then I saw a quote the other day from Chris Hemsworth where he was like, yeah, there's like 73 characters in this. And I was like, wow, there's 105 characters in this movie. Holy <laughs> shit. I can't believe there's like so many people involved. But I don't know how they're going to like make it all work. But uh, I mean, I have faith in them overall. I think, uh, you know, these directors had done Civil War, which had, I guess, more people in it, more superheroes in it than we had seen before together. And uh, they made right. that movie work really well. So um, I'm intrigued leading into this. It just seems like it's going to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess Ant-Man isn't in this movie. Like his name isn't at the bottom of the, the poster. Oh, um, and his name just jumped out of my mind. Paul Rudd? Yes. Paul yeah. Rudd. Yeah. His name isn't, isn't on the poster. So uh, weird. Um, I guess he won't be part of this movie, but maybe the, the mm-hmm. next one. Yeah. On back to back. So, um, Wait, yeah, does, otherwise almost every other character is in it is an ant-man and the wasp is that later this year or is that next year yeah that comes out in july okay yeah so that's gonna be like again like the same kind of thing with ant-man coming after age of ultron like ant-man and the wasp after infinity war it's kind of like right. a, a last stinger if you will <laughs> audience you can't see this but steven is just constantly patting himself on the back after, after that you might hear it He's, on it, the audio <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move on to, I guess, the the, the first topic mm-hmm. at hand. Let me just get this a little bit closer. There we go. Uh, which is Age of Ultron. Uh, now, first, we're going to start with the 2013 comic miniseries mm-hmm. from Marvel Comics, and uh, then we'll we'll talk about the movie here in just a little bit. But um, the the comic predates the the movie by a couple of years, mm-hmm. but. Um, it's the it's it's unique in that they share a title uh and that's it yeah um some of the the same characters are are there but otherwise the storyline is is totally oh different wildly different and i remember when they announced that the second avengers movie was going to be age of ultron i was like what <laughs> that doesn't make any sense <laughs> because, uh, there's a how 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 was that going yeah. to going to work um, but they, they made it work. Um, they just, like I said, just took the title. It is a cool sounding title. Yeah. Um, the, the title kind of works a little bit better for the, the comic than it does the movie mm. because really the movie is like the couple of days of Ultron. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's yeah. funny too. Like I'd, I'd asked you through text, um, if there was another, um, comic series that I could read for the like origin story of Ultron and vision and stuff like that um mm-hmm. because the the book age of, age of ultron is like oh ultron's been around for a while this is like his you know third or fourth adventure with the avengers and stuff like fighting them or whatever and it's the age of ultron where he kind of like finally succeeds at least in some way about doing something and the movie is like oh he was created yeah and it, it is funny it's like a few days that he's around mm-hmm. so yeah not quite the age but uh it works it works in in terms of like yeah he's a new character and it's like a dawning of a new age just doesn't come about. Um, right. But the comic, yeah, is, is wildly different because they've been, like, been around and stuff. Um, so it's like, it's a, it plays out a lot differently. And that, that plays into the whole plot line of the comic book because there's like time travel stuff and all that kind of stuff already set in place. So, um, right. yeah, the movie, movie is quite different. Yes, for sure. Um, so let's start, Let's start with, um, well, the, the issues that we're going to be discussing, which mm-hmm. are uh, the 2010 Avengers series, issue 12.1, 
and then Age of Ultron issues one through ten. If you were to buy the collected edition of uh, the Age of Ultron series, those would be the issues that are mm. contained in it. So okay, cool. That's why we're going to go in it. Um, so we're going to um, get into the the creator credits. So um, the the all of the the issues that we'll be discussing were written by Brian Michael Bendis and lettered by uh, Corey Pettit. Um, and we've got so many artists yeah. <laughs> on this series. Um, I didn't know what the, you wanted me to put on there for, for the people, like the creators involved. I was like, because yeah. there's like line people, and I didn't even put the letters on there on accident. I know that's one of your big things. But uh, I, I put all the artists, and then I was like, should I keep going? I don't know how many people to put. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would, it, the, the Google Doc would have imploded uh, with, with yeah. all of that on there. So the, the, the primary artist is uh, Brian Hitch. He does the, the most consecutive issues. He does... Uh, Avengers 12.1, and then Age of Ultron 1, uh, 1 through 5, and then he comes back in uh, issue 10. Um, he uh, he does the, the pencil work, uh, and then we've got an inker, Paul Neary, who uh, just makes all of the, the lines darker, adds depth and, uh, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff to it. Um, and then Paul Mounts is the color artist. He colors most of the series, uh, though he does have some help from uh, Jose Villarubia, Oh. Uh, later on in the series as well, um, in the the second half of it. Um, beyond that, there is art by uh, Brandon Peterson and Carlos Pacheco, who are the primary um, illustrators for the second half of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And then there's some assists by Butch Geis, Alex Maleev, David Marquez, and Joe Quesada. And um, uh, let's see here... Uh, Roger Bonnet helps out on some inks as well, uh, and then the the covers are by some of those artists. So uh, <laughs> everybody gets everybody gets a shout out. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so uh, you mentioned that you had no idea really what uh, you were getting into. Yeah. I tried to warn you, uh, <laughs> but I uh, short of giving you plot details, uh, I, oh, yeah. I think I mentioned that there's. Uh, Wolverine and the Invisible Woman are major characters mm-hmm. in this, and uh, involves tra- uh, time travel. Yeah. Um, did you did you expect <laughs> to <laughs> to read what you what you read? No. Like, were you were you expecting something that uh, hewed a little bit closer to the movie? I expected a little bit closer in terms of I had read Civil War before we saw the movie, and so I, I knew I was like. Going into that movie as well, I was like, how are they going to adapt some of this? Because, like, Spider-Man is a big part of the book for that, and they didn't mm-hmm. have Spider-Man yet as part of the universe when they were coming into Civil War. Um, so we didn't think he would really show up. And even that movie is uh, different, you know, than the comic and everything, um, how mm-hmm. the plots play out. But um, they were kind of, you know, more similar and and characters, but also, like, the way things go. Uh, this one is, like, really, really, truly in title only. Um, everything else is pretty wildly different. Uh, and it was cool. Yeah. I don't know. It definitely, it would never have fit in the MCU because of the characters involved alone. But, like, it would have been, like, wildly different. Like, basically just, like, throw a time travel movie in the middle of the MCU. It would have just blown everything up and changed it all. And I wonder, um, especially with the Time Stone coming in play um, soon, um, how that will play out with Infinity War. I wonder if they're going to be doing some time travel stuff and kind of reset some things. But in this point in time of the MCU, it didn't seem like it makes sense. So yeah, definitely definitely different than I expected. Um, I dug it. Um, one of the things I, I did note though is, um, you know, we had this weird 
um, thing where Fox and Marvel, or and like Disney Marvel, both share the characters of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So we had Days of Future Past, the X-Men movie, come out with Quicksilver. And then we had this one come out like a year later, I think. And I actually feel like Days of Future Past, because it is like a time-traveling movie and stuff, it actually kind of even feels more similar to this movie. Or to, sorry, to the book. Like, it's it's closer to Age of Ultron, the book, than the movie Age of Ultron <laughs> is to that book, if that makes sense. Right. Because it has, like, mm-hmm. Wolverine going back in time and, like, trying to change things and, like, making things worse and going back and forth. Um, so it was interesting to see that in my head when I was reading it. But, uh, but yeah, it was definitely um, – and I, I enjoyed the book a lot. Um, I was just like, yeah, there's no way this would have been the movie ever. So uh, they just wouldn't have fit, you know? Right. Yeah, there's there's a lot to pack in here. So mm-hmm. um, let's let's go through the uh, plot real quick sure. and um, kind of give people an idea of what what it is we're discussing. So if somebody's never read the the comic but they've seen Age of Ultron the movie, here's what we mean when we say <laughs> that they share a title only. So um, the the first issue, the Avengers twelve point one, that starts out with a mission. Uh, that Spider-Woman is going on. Oh, and yeah. if you're saying, who's Spider-Woman? <laughs> I think I've already proven the point. So <laughs> Spider-Woman is Jessica Drew. She's, at this time, she's an Avenger, uh, and she's a, a spy, and she's going to um, some desolate place. I can't remember where. But um, she saw something she had to go investigate. She went by herself, and she stumbles upon the intelligentsia, which is a kind of a a group of super smart uh, villains in the Marvel uh, universe. And they, they kidnap her and they think that she stumbled upon the, the knowledge that they kidnapped something called a, uh, a space knight. Mm -hmm. Again, totally different (laughs) than the movie. So, um, she's like, what, what are you guys talking about? Eventually the Avengers, uh, which includes a few X-Men characters. We've got some of the Defenders. Um, Moon Knight is in there. Yeah. All of these characters that most people don't have experience with yet. And um, they they go on a mission to save Spider-Woman. When they're there, they end up somehow activating the Space Knight, and it turns out it's Ultron. Mm. So in the Marvel continuity at this point in the comics, Ultron had been destroyed, and he you know went away or whatever. Uh, and they thought they had defeated him finally, but somehow he he came back. As soon as he comes back, um, I think he like fights Thor, and then somehow disappears. He like travels into the future, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Stark doesn't have a way to track him. And he's like, the next time we see him, it's game over because mm-hmm. he, we have no idea what his plans are. He can time travel somehow, so we're fucked. Yeah. Well, that goes into the first issue of Age of Ultron, where. Uh, as soon as the the series starts, Ultron's al- already won. So like, the world is pretty much in ruins mm-hmm. at this point, which I thought was a cool way to yeah. kick off a story. It's like the villains already won. How do the the heroes bounce back from mm-hmm. that? So, um, all of the the well, the the series starts out with uh, with Hawkeye trying to rescue somebody. We find out that it's Spider Man. They uh, go back and meet with some of the other resistance characters, which turn out to be some of the Avengers, some of the, the X-Men, mm-hmm. um, and some, some other more, uh, Marvel characters. And, um, what, what was that like for you to see <laughs> like the, these like disparate characters interacting? Yeah. In the comic? Was it, was that a little bit 
jarring for you? It is. Um, we've talked in the past, uh, either on the podcast or, or definitely outside of it, um, how I don't really know what it would be like to bring in the X-Men into the fold now in the movie universe because mm-hmm. it's just like so expansive already. I don't know how you fit everybody in or like or the Fantastic Four or all of them or whatever. Like the comics, it seems to work. And so it's it's a little bit different not being an avid comic reader going and, you know, watching the MCU and everything or like the separate uh, X-Men universe out there from Fox um, and then seeing them all interact together um, is really interesting and different. Um, I like it. Um, it. It always makes me think about the movies, so I always kind of go there. Like, uh, if I couldn't see all of them, at least I'm like, man, it'd be really cool just to see Wolverine as being a part. Like, Wolverine <laughs> and Spider-Man uh, being a part of the MCU. And we already got Spider-Man, and I, I'm just like, for one, I know that like uh, Hugh Jackman's already, you know, he did his, his final thing. He's done a bunch of those for, for Fox, but it's like, how cool would it have been to see Hugh Jackman, you know, Wolverine interact with Tony Stark and, and all of those guys in that universe, yeah. like how we have it. Um, so it's almost a little like, it's like, oh man, what could have could have been type of thing. Uh, but mm-hmm. at the same time, a lot of it, I'm just not sure if it would work. Because um, there's so many other characters, like you mentioned, that are part of that, like the Invisible Woman and stuff. Um, and like uh, just different characters that, you know, we've only seen separately in the movies. So that's really where my head kind of goes. And to think of them all together just doesn't make sense to me, uh, almost. So uh, it's almost like the backwards thing. I'm coming from it from a different point of view than the comics where they always were together, you know? So yeah. it's a lot different. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my voice. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit. I'm talking about comic books, guys. <laughs> um, so, so from there, uh, we see that uh, the, the leftover uh, heroes are disheveled and defeated and Captain America sat on the floor with a <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're, they're not sure what to do. Um, uh, later we see that Black Widow and Moon Knight are in, I think, California, while the other heroes are in New York. Um, and then there's uh, another group of characters, um, the Red Hulk uh, and uh, Black Panther. And yeah, there's, I think, some other hero. I'm going to need to stop you there. Okay. Red Hulk. So there's there's a few questions I had, and I had this little note to myself that instead of looking them all up, I was gonna try to write them down so I could ask you about. So Red Hulk was that is that a different Hulk or is that our Hulk turned red? Is that like two different that people? Is, it's actually a different Hulk. Okay. But for the purposes of the story, mm-hmm. um, I think you can just assume that the the Hulk turned red for some reason. Okay. He's super embarrassed in this reality, <laughs> Steve. Oh man. So that, that's <laughs> no better. the. Uh, this, this character is actually uh, General Thunderbolt Ross, uh, believe it or not. So he doesn't have a mustache. When he hulks out, he loses the mustache. So, you know, you've got facial hair. Can you imagine that? Just having that, that, that facial hair sucked into your body when you transform? Um, so everything you just said sounded like you were invaded by Ultron. It was all <laughs> weird and, and jumbly. It keeps, it keeps driving back and forth. I got something about General Ross. Okay. Uh, and a mustache at some point. <laughs> I got a whole lot of clicks otherwise. What else do you need to know? <laughs> no. <clears throat> so I think it recorded saying, fine because we kept going, okay. but uh, it never quite stopped. It just kept jumping around. I had to make these clicking noises instead of words. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I was just asking. Um, yeah. So Thunderbolt Ross. Um, mm-hmm. That we know from the movies, yeah, he becomes the the Hulk and he loses his mustache. It was a like a mystery thing when that character uh, okay. was introduced. Trying to so figure out who that's, that's who that Hulk was or whatever, right? Uh, okay, yeah. um, but come to find out, it's uh, 
Betty's pappy. What? So, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So I was wondering that, like, there's some characters. Uh, I'll try to see if there's any other ones that I was going to ask you about or if, or if you mentioned them. But some things like that where I was like, okay, I remember hearing that there's, like, a Red Hulk. But I never knew if it was, like, the Green Hulk, the regular Hulk, like, changed into that. Or if there's multiple ones. Because there's, like, She-Hulk is in this. Uh, mm-hmm. she's kind of a big role. And I was like, yeah, I know nothing about She-Hulk. I don't know if she and Hulk are doing it. I don't know if they used to be doing it, if they broke Ooh. up. I don't know if there was a sitcom about there about them. I don't know. Steven, I'm going to stop you right there. They're cousins. Oh, I, guys, I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> so they definitely hooked up, right? <laughs> 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 that changes things. <laughs> so, um, uh, later in the series, uh, they, they decide that, uh, for whatever reason, uh, some of the mobsters are able to negotiate with Ultron and you know, capture heroes and, and give that to, to Ultron to, um, keep, keep the peace for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they decide, well, we need to have somebody infiltrate Ultron's tower that he's in and uh, meet him in person and then just start fucking up shit from there while some of the other characters escape to the Savage Land where they hear there's um, a... Uh, something. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember why they were going there. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's uh, safety or uh, some place where they could uh, gather. Oh, I guess uh, Nick Fury has a, a, a fortress or stronghold there. Yeah, I couldn't remember why the gather. main group went there. I remember like the Black Widow storyline... That they kind of got mm-hmm. some info for that, but I remember. What, I guess the other ones were just going, yeah, to kind of get away. Like the Savage Land wasn't as known and stuff. Um, Somebody was like, "We're dinosaurs. Let's go there." I mean, when I when they showed up and they showed all these pterodactyls flying around, I was like, "Okay, I know what Brent recommended the series now." Yep, <laughs> that was cool though. <laughs> the Savage Land was neat. It was a cool idea. It's like on Antarctica, uh, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, it's a, like a, a hidden world. Yeah, that was yeah. badass. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. So uh, they decide that uh, Luke Cage and She Hulk are going to be the ones to to go there and um so luke cage punches she hulk in the face <laughs> because she can take it it's just like i get it but i still don't like to see men hitting women sure it, it drives me nuts you know yep uh but uh she I get asked it for, for it, the though. purposes of this comic she did and wait 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 I know, guys wait, I know. wait no 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 <laughs> <laughs> not like that, not like that. <laughs> she literally asked for it she said, hit me, I got this, I'm going down, yes. this is how we break they're, they're in. arguing, and, and she did argue that she is stronger and, and could take the hit, so yep. that's that's what they decided to do. Uh, it had to be uh, believable yeah. for uh, for the plan to work. So they uh, they take, or uh, Cage takes She-Hulk up to, uh, to meet Ultron, and it's not Ultron they meet, it's the Vision, who in the comics dun, dun, dun. Was, was dead at this time. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he was ripped apart by, by Ultron Oof. at uh, the beginning of Bendis' Avengers run. Okay. So uh, that's where we find out that uh, from Vision, he says that Ultron is in the future and able to control things from there. So um, let's just jump ahead a little bit. All of the, the, the heroes that we're talking about uh, meet up in the Savage Land. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Cage dies off screen there because he got fucked up by Ultron trying to escape that tower. Yep. Uh, She-Hulk also died in that tower, so they're off the board. So they've got a, a stronghold there uh, of Nick Fury's that was hidden away. Uh, Nick Fury's in the comics was white, um, mm-hmm. so I wasn't sure if, if uh, yeah. you knew that or not. I knew he was white. I didn't know in this incarnation if it was... I didn't know if they had um, done that because I, I, I feel like I'd heard that they've done a few things to kind of mimic the movies now. 
um, mm-hmm. with different character choices and stuff. So I didn't know if this one was going to be uh, before or after that, you know, if they were going to change him to like, kind of like more like um, Sam Jackson, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't as jarring because um, I've seen that before. I've seen Nick Fury as like his, his old like white self or whatever, so. His old white self. Yeah. The Nick Fury story. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson's like, what? I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> um, that'd be funny if the, the picture on the cover of that book was still Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gets, gets the sold. You open it up and you're like, wait a second. Something looks different here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the... Uh, they they know there's a time platform there and they want to go into the future to fight Ultron mm. uh, or at least a large sect of the remaining heroes want to do so. Uh, Wolverine's idea is to go back and take out Ultron's creator, which in the comics is actually Hank Pym, mm-hmm. who is Ant-Man and later Giant Man in the comics. So um, in, in the movie universe, he's played by Michael Douglas in the Ant-Man films. Mm-hmm. So... They they decide they're going to go to the future, but Wolverine stays back, and he travels to the past. Uh, they use a time platform from Doctor Doom. Again, not in the MCU at this point, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. <laughs> so um, Wolverine, he travels back into the past alone, or so he thinks, and then he sees that the Invisible Woman went with him as well, uh, Invisible Woman from Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So um, while the... Well, they're in the past. They meet Hank Pym as he's designing Ultron and Wolverine. Spoilers for this series, by the way. Um, Wolverine <laughs> yeah. actually ends up killing Hank Pym. And, that's a cool um, thing. That's a cool scene that they drew. Steve, Stephen loves murder. I, well, basically, I didn't expect it. That's for sure. <laughs> it's, this, this comic series is dark, man. Yes. Like, yeah, for sure. Uh, they don't show a whole lot. They they do a good job of like showing things from behind or. Um, I don't remember how that goes. They kind of, you see that he does it. Like he's, he's like, I liked it too because, uh, Pym has gotten to be like a giant man, but he's not like huge. He's big, but he's not like, you know, building size necessarily. But to see like little Wolverine, who's already like a short stocky dude, kind of like having a headlock and stuff. And then, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, he just fucking like knifes him with his his claws, man. (laughs) It's dark. Yep. I didn't expect him out. Yep. And the, the invisible woman, she's. Uh, torn on that decision uh, because she's a uh, she's essentially the, the matriarch of the, the Marvel universe. She's mm-hmm. like the the head of uh, like she's like the the divining rod or, or guiding post mm-hmm. for most okay. of the characters in that that comic universe. Um, and to see her make this decision um, is a little bit jarring, but yeah. also it makes sense because Wolverine says, "Well, think about your your husband and your children that yeah. have been taken from you." So she's she lets it happen. They then travel back to what would be the present, but it's an alternate reality because so much shit had changed from Mm -hmm. Wolverine killing Hank Pym. So shortly after Wolverine kills Hank Pym in this new reality, the Avengers disband and uh, a character named um, uh, Morgan Le Fay, uh, who's who's a Marvel character of a, uh, or or an interpretation of a classic like, um, like King Arthur, mm-hmm. Ar- Arthurian type character, uh, she comes back and and tries to do all this shit and and take over the world. So there's a, a lot of shit that that went down in those eras. Yeah. So from Hank Pym being dead to um, all of you know, the Avengers disbanding and the heroes being separated from one another, um, 
uh, a lot of bad shit went down. A lot of the the new characters that we see, the what we call the uh, I think they're the defenders yeah. in this one, um, which is <clears throat> like a hodgepodge of of some characters like merged together, and then we've got old school dorky ass Star Lord in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you recognize that that character when you read read it back? Um, a little bit because you had posted those pictures on our uh, Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I was wondering that too. Uh, to kind of go back to that because um, you had talked in the last episode about his old dorky costume. The the thing on his head. It kind of reminds me of the um, the symbol on um, on the planet, which I'm forgetting. And now we did this last time too, uh, like where the Nova Corps are and everything. Like that symbol, it kind of reminds oh, me yeah. of that. Is he connected to them, or is that something totally different? It's just totally different. It's just his just thing, a, or whatever. A weird design choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I'm glad they didn't do that in the movie. That would been so weird. <laughs> but yeah, I recognized him a little bit through that. Yeah, got the weird goggles on or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's totally different. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So in in this uh, universe, the uh, there's they already have a Wolverine on the defenders mm-hmm. that take place in this alternate timeline. So when they see another Wolverine, they know something weird is going on. They think Morgan Le Fay has brought them back or their imposters or, or whatever. So they immediately um, lock up both Wolverine and the invisible woman. Eventually there's a jailbreak and Wolverine is able to escape, but a lot of the heroes and um, invisible woman are destroyed when like two helicarriers smash into each other and mm. smash into Manhattan or whatever. There's a lot of destruction going yeah. on. So Wolverine, he eventually travels back in time again to stop himself or he travels further back in time to stop his original... Holy shit. <laughs> That's confusing. He, to stop his original self that came back in time to kill Hank Pym. Yeah. He uh, stops that. Uh, he's wearing his old school, like, Wolverine costume. That was first cool. appearance costume where he's got the weird whiskers. Oh, that's funny. Mask. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Invisible Woman and the two Wolverines travel back to uh, Fury's stronghold to get to the time platform again. And uh, that's where uh, the Wolverine we had been following uh, lets the other Wolverine kill him just because he doesn't yeah. want to live with what he's had to see. I was wondering about that, too, because um, Wolverine, it, I mean, he, he self-heals and he has adamantium throughout his you know, skeleton or whatever. Does he just know? Like, you know, in the movies, we've seen him being shot in the head and the bullet just, like, comes right back out. Um, mm-hmm. and then the comics, I'm not really sure, like his history or whatever, but does he just know how to kill himself? Like there's like some point or some way to get to his heart or something, or is that like a common thing? It seems like he's pretty indestructible. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I noticed that on the, uh, on the reread here, uh-huh. um, it's, uh, I don't know if he just had the other one just cut him at the base of the spine. So his, yeah. so he could sever his head or whatever, but, um, yeah, it seems like he would be able to come back in, in one way, shape or form, but yeah. I think maybe if you like separate his head from his neck mm-hmm. or the rest of his body, then maybe he'll stay dead. So this this series just got a lot darker. We just didn't see it. Yes, like he yep. just this, this, he just sawed off his own head, like right, an alternate. Yeah, it's all off screen. All off screen. That's bloody. He should have just come right. back like blood just all over the front of him, like just a right. red fucking suit. <laughs> <laughs> just imply that it got really gruesome in there. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah, I think his claws had blood on him, but that, a little bit, that was yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah but so. it was cool. Like, that's, uh, it was really dark, like, the whole storyline and uh, and some of the, the, the blood and stuff in there I just didn't expect. Because um, in general, I think of comics as being a, you know, 
uh, a, a more like children friendly thing, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. and then there's like graphic novels that I've read that are like darker, more adult, everything like that. But this one, I, I didn't know what to expect from it. So he like slashes mm-hmm. at Hank Pym, you know, at one point, and there's like his his like torso is all ripped up and stuff by his claws, and and later on when he kills him and stuff, like it's all pretty graphic. It was interesting. <laughs> Well, I know when uh, Disney bought Marvel, there was a lot of people worried that, oh, everything's going to be Disney-fied and there's, like, the violence is going to be toned down. This happened. Yeah. And then, like, um, I think a year after Disney bought Marvel, one character ripped another character clean in half, like, yeah. <laughs> left side from right side. Damn. And it's just, like, organs and blood and all of that shit everywhere. There so, you go. There you go. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty hardcore. Yeah. Um, we... Uh, well, I, I forgot to mention that uh, when the, the two Wolverines and the Invisible Woman are talking to Hank Pym, they convince him to install a, um, uh, like a virus mm-hmm. that, that can be activated to destroy Ultron. So when uh, the, uh, the Invisible Woman and Wolverine make it back to the present, they're, it, the story kind of picks up from Avengers 12.1 where they see Ultron go rescue Spider-Woman and... Um, Ultron appears, and that's it's at that point that we see that uh, Hank Pym uh, receives information about uh, the, the the virus that was put in in Ultron and how to activate it mm-hmm. when it's needed, and uh, so he gets that information to Tony Stark. Tony Stark runs the the virus, then Ultron's destroyed. So at the end of the day, you know they they killed Ultron, but um, it's a it's a long trip to get there yeah to, to go through all of that stuff no and it's cool like uh towards the end though so that like causes like a rift and other things like um so whenever wolverine comes back he at one point after they first kill hank pym like the the future that they've altered has created this world where tony stark is like a cyborg sort of mm-hmm. um he looked all fucked up um yeah. and uh and he has like these little sentries and stuff instead of like ultron doing that but it's like he had created the stuff against morgan the fey i guess so um mm-hmm. and they talk about like how uh she is like yeah from our and legend she's like magic and it's like this is like a world where hank pym wasn't around as a scientist or ant-man so things changed uh, radically and technology didn't conquer magic but magic conquered technology instead um, right. which I thought was really interesting. And they, um, they're not really playing with that necessarily in the Marvel universe, like the cinematic universe, but they kind of go into that a little bit, uh, where it's like, you don't really know like, um, what's technology and they have like a blurred lines, I guess, of technology and magic blurred lines. <laughs> where the, uh, you know, it's like, what are the infinity stones or like, you know, um, the scepter, anything like that. Loki's scepter. It's like, there's an infinity stone there, but the infinity stones, it, it all feels like um, almost more like technology, and they like whenever we've gotten that, and uh, and Hydra's gotten that, we've like used that power to make weapons, like technological weapons, out of it. But at the end of the day, it's like it was like a singularity, and it's like some mystical force in the universe. So in, at the end of the day, it's basically magic. But uh, it's cool how they kind of play with that on on both levels. Uh, but in mm-hmm. the in the book, it's like more explicit, I guess. Uh, but whenever she showed up, I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know who this chick is. Um, <laughs> it was really weird. Uh, the Ultron stuff, I thought was really cool. Um, how it showed, like, New York City, like, Ultronified. Um, mm-hmm. Where he had, like, built over everything. And it was all, like, digital and everything. I think there's even a scene where, like, Tony says something like, this is, like, really cool. Uh, or, like, this is, like, like really how you'd expect it or whatever. And then he's like, I don't like it, you know. But 
uh, it was interesting to see all that play play out. The um, the 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 cityscape, yeah, that that looked awesome. Like the the whole city looked looked ruined. You could tell that there was like some weird techie stuff that was going on there, uh-huh. but not in a good way. And then, um, yeah, I, I forgot to mention at the top, there's uh, a bunch of Ultron like drones that are flying around. Yeah, um, looks like they they can be destroyed somehow, but it takes quite a bit of effort, mm-hmm. and uh, they're they're incredibly powerful. They level like different. Uh, different uh, cities and whatnot. Would you stop? Get out. Get out, man. Oh. It's freaking out. He was like, roar. Fuck you, dad. <laughs> I hear that way too much. Um, so uh, at the end of the 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 book, uh, like you were saying, yeah, the, the timeline gets fractured just because uh, there's so much abuse of it going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, just years and years of Marvel Universe happening or, or doing that type of stuff anyway um and then this was kind of like the the final straw you know wolverine traveling back and forth too often uh ended up breaking it a bit so um that's where the the different artists kind of come into play Mm. a little bit okay so um at the the end of this this series the 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 coda we see some of the the fracturing of the universe and um at this time, there were two separate universes in the comics, uh, in Marvel comics. There was the, the main Marvel universe that this story takes place in. Then there's the ultimate universe where we've got the Miles Morales Spider-Man, mm-hmm. for example. And uh, we actually see Miles in this book. Um, and we see that Galactus from the main Marvel universe has crossed over into the ultimate universe. Um, uh, okay. It probably didn't make sense it's just like why why is this large shadow looking at this yeah this other character <laughs> uh, but it was uh it was significant to uh to comic readers then and um the other thing um which is probably weird to you and i wanted to discuss it with you is there's an appearance from a character uh called angela that shows up at the end of the series mm-hmm. and does it have any significance to you which one's angela now i'm trying to think back to that one it was like the very last scene. Yes. You see. Uh, it was a, a character. She's got like ribbons flying around her. She's yes. on a severed head of a, what, a monster. What was that? <laughs> okay. All right. So when the, the Age of Ultron series was uh, announced, Bendis said, I've got an ending on this book that no one will be able to guess. Uh-huh. And um, he would have been right, except the ending was leaked uh, by, I think, Marvel at well, a certain okay. point. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, I think somebody had find, uh, found out what the ending was going to be and they were going to leak it. So they were like, well, let's get out, get yeah, out of it. Okay. Control the narrative. Yeah. So Angela is actually a character that is not, uh, does not originate from Marvel comics. She's actually an image comics character. Yeah. She actually debuted in an issue of Spawn. Oh, okay. It, so, um, she was co-created by, uh, Neil Gaiman and mm-hmm. Todd McFarlane. And there was a lawsuit going back and forth between the two of them for years huh. trying to claim uh, ownership. And uh, the the courts finally sided with Neil Gaiman. Hmm. And then he was like, um, I guess, I, I, I don't know if Marvel offered it to him or exactly what the issue was, but Marvel ended up buying that character. Mm-hmm. And so now she's a Marvel character, which is hmm. kind of weird. So that was a, a big deal uh, back then as well. Okay. Because it, it was just... Uh, a weird thing to see an independent comics character become a Marvel character yeah. like that. But uh, later they would uh, retcon it and make her Thor's sister. Oh, okay. Which was kind of cool, but... 
kind of works. Yeah, so that's what that's about. So does that lead into <laughs> so uh, one of the things I was reading about online? Uh, I was going through the Wikipedia about this story, and then like the repercussions outside of that, because um, from what I understood, there's a series of the Ultimate uh, Spider-Man where he did, or maybe like more than that, more than Spider-Man where they he did fight Galactus, and it was like this led into that like this is why galactus was there but then they it's like oh that that adjusted that universe but now that's why galactus is there and then they had their storyline is there another book series of like taking off from here with uh with her with with angela yeah like does this lead Um, off to something else now it it does yeah like the 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 two different things um like the galactus thing led into a series called i think it's called hunger yeah, uh, where Galactus is wanting to eat the Ultimate Universe, and then um, the <laughs> okay, wait, <laughs> huh? I say words that don't make sense to you, you in normal context. Yeah, you said it just no, nonchalantly. Uh, it's called hunger. Mm-hmm. You know where Galactus wants to eat the Ultimate Universe. So anyway, uh, yeah. moving on. I was like, okay, he's yeah. a foodie, Stephen. What do you want? <laughs> does he take like an overhead shot of the Earth first, and he posts <laughs> he does, it on yeah. his uh, Instagram? Again. Galactogram. <laughs> yeah, <Yep>. Galactogram. <laughs> He's like, why is anybody following me? I'm about to eat this year, this earth. Come on. <laughs> his uh, his handle is tummy guy six one six. Man, I gotta follow that. that sounds good. <laughs> um, and then the the Angela thing. Um, I think they there was a, a mini series um, later called Original Sin. That was a, a big Marvel like crossover event, and mm-hmm. one of the the tie in books was. Um, it was the Thor and Loki series where they had Angela brought in and they, that's where they revealed that uh, mm. she was her, uh, his sister. Okay. Um, and then later she became a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with mm. the, the, the movie lineup plus some other characters like uh, Venom and um, Ben Grimm, the thing, mm, yeah. and uh, some other characters, Kitty Pride. So um, Interesting. But she and she's had a, a couple of her own series as well, but um, nothing's quite stuck. Mm. But uh, I've heard they're good. I just haven't haven't read yeah, them. Yeah, right on. Um, yeah, but when that showed up in the book, I was like, okay, I'm definitely lost about who that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. She has a lot of ribbons. Don't know why. Yep. Um, but I'll go with it. Comics, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah comics are, are a uh, <laughs> comics do what they will do. Yeah, you yeah. Just have to hang on for dear life. It's funny, like they're all over the place, um, especially like jumping into these these series like uh, amidst whatever else is going on, and so it might start with something you don't really understand, and then the end with stuff. Like this one, I thought was did a good job of explaining. Like in the beginning of each book, they had a little blurb or like you know two two paragraphs long of like uh, Hank Hank Pym had created Ultron back in the day and blah blah blah, and like it would kind of give you recaps of not only uh, this story and, like, what epi- or what uh, issue came before, but also, like, the overarching thing of it. But uh, they definitely throw those things in there, though, where I'm like, wait, wait, what? Uh, where is this going? Or where did that come from? And they just kind of, like, again, to them, it is nonchalant because they, they've they been writing this amongst all those other books. But uh, as a non-comic book reader, uh, you know, or, or often comic book reader, I'm, I'm kind of like, well, I'll just let that slide. Maybe I'll ask Brent about that. Um, we'll just move on. It's cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, there's definitely homework that uh, has to be done either during reading or after the fact. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait, what? What's the connective tissue there? But for but you, like, do you understand? That's why, I, why I'm here. Yeah, like, do you get all that stuff? Because you read it, like, you haven't necessarily read all of Marvel Comics. Like, um, mm-hmm. do you jump in and out? Like, with this series, when you first read it, were you reading, um, you know, the regular Marvel series? Were you reading the uh, Ultimate Marvel series, stuff like that? 
when the oh yeah came out. yeah i was i was i was reading it all like i'm i'm in deep i'm in deep yeah. steven mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i'm not trying to get out hey hey man stop with the squeaky he's like dad's in deep okay. <laughs> <laughs> help help <laughs> oh, damn so um i i've got to i know we're running long already on sure. this book here but i i do have some things i wanted to to yeah. go over um some of it we've already gotten into but um as far as things that uh, you may not know about when um when reading the series but was part of the continuity mm-hmm. when the the miniseries was coming out um Oh, and real quick, on the Avengers 12.1 mm-hmm. that came out in, I think, 2010 or maybe 2011, that issue. Mm-hmm. And this series didn't actually start until 2013. So yeah. uh, that was a, a lot to have to go back and remember uh, mm-hmm. about uh, that that original issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it reads a lot better altogether this way. Yeah, it's cool. It worked. So um, also, uh, at this point in continuity, Spider-Man was possessed by dr octopus so, <laughs> i saw that online i was like yeah, yeah. this this is this is extensive <laughs> right <laughs> but it was uh this this was written in such a way that you don't need to know that yeah like, it just seems like it's peter parker so yeah uh, there's a, a a balance to it i think um we already mentioned that uh pym created ultron in the comics um the mm-hmm. i think the most important thing to discuss about the series is luke cage's hair <laughs> holy shit what the fuck <laughs> Uh, it drove me nuts when the series came out. It drives me nuts to this day. Uh, the the hair they gave him for this series very much seems like an afterthought. Uh, I didn't even notice it's like this. like a weird... Oh, you didn't? Oh, <laughs> no, I, don't I, think I can't so. not notice it. First of all, Luke Cage is bald. He's been bald for a long time. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't have just left him bald. Uh, some people are just bald. Yeah. He like he he doesn't need to grow hair. There's no scene in any other comic where he's like, "Oh, I need to shave my head," or shows him shaving his head. Like, why? Why even get into it? But the 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 hair. And I'll, I'll I'll tweet a picture of this because it makes me angry. Yeah. The 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 hair is like it starts like halfway back on his head, and it, it goes back. It's it's like he's a, uh, I don't know, like, uh, nobody grows their hair that way. Uh huh. It's such a such a strange thing. Especially yeah, to call it out. Like they don't they didn't need to, like you said, like just have them bald and move on. Like you don't need to talk about why he shaves it or whatever. Like just go with it. Yeah. And nobody was confused about <laughs> yeah. about what he looked like otherwise. It just looked like Luke Cage. Like some of the other characters, like Captain America was still wearing his original costume. Uh-huh. Um you know, some of the characters look a little bit different, but it's okay. Yeah. We, but that Luke one's Cage weird. Cannot have hair. We'll we'll be fine. Um so, uh, and we went over the, the, the end here with the different broken timeline things. Yeah. Um, so in Avengers 12.1 and then the 10th issue of Age of Ultron, we see a character called Miss Marvel, uh, mm. who is actually Carol Danvers, who would shortly after the series become Captain Marvel, um, who has a movie coming out next year. So yeah. you got just a, a, a little taste there. She's the one that yells uh, Avengers Assemble mm-hmm. uh, later in the series. Uh, let's see here. We've got um, Red Hulk. We went over um, Spider Woman. There yeah. is uh, a difference in the individual issues versus the collected edition. Mm-hmm. And I know you read the, the the issues digitally. I read the collected version. Okay. And um, in your version that you read, she was when she was kidnapped. She was fully nude, right? Okay. <laughs> and graphic detail, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like it was hidden by shadows, but she didn't have her costume on. Yeah, Do you recall that? Now that you're mentioning it, yeah. Like I honestly didn't notice. Uh, but I think I think yeah, I read it a few days ago, so I I'm, I might have been lost on that. Uh, when you said that, I thought you were totally joking. But yeah, no, I'm like yeah, it was in shadow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I because I went back and checked my with the intelligentsia, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I, yeah, I went back and checked my single issue, and she like she was she had nothing on <clears throat> at that point. Hey, mm-hmm. calm down. Calm down. Got dogs in here He's today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the collected version, they actually went back and added a costume on her. Um, she doesn't okay. have her, her boots on, so I guess that justifies why we can see her toes and whatnot. But um, yeah. I, I don't know if there's some pushback from the audience or if it's just oh, yeah. Marvel editorial they decided after the fact. It's weird that she doesn't have a costume on, which I agree yeah. with. That's that's creepy. I, I mean, they didn't do anything later, with it. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, yeah, might as well not just go there yeah. Yeah, in a comic, Yeah, maybe. So yeah. uh, I'm fine with that change. Sometimes I, yeah, don't, that's I, interesting, don't, I don't like when things are censored, but from a story standpoint, that's just weird. You don't... Well, it makes me, it's funny because in a book it totally works, but in movies they, they try to do stuff like that sometimes, or they'll do it for like a trailer mm-hmm. where they add in like, uh, like a digital bikini or like digital underwear on someone, yeah. or like a bra, and it's like, ooh, that looks really like obvious and bad or whatever. Kind of like Superman's mouth, right? Uh, trying to get rid of that mustache, you know? Like it just looks like it's like floating on their body or whatever. So, uh, uh, but in a comic book, it's like, yeah, you can just redraw that. Kind of works. Yeah. So, yeah. If you if you want to go back and change them, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> and then um, the the final thing I wanted to go over was the the artist changes. Um, as somebody who doesn't read a lot mm. of comics, was that jarring for you at all? Did you have any issue like following any of that? Um, no, um, until I, I was writing down the artists on here and I had looked online too, that they were like, um, basically the, the one, but Brian Hitch done the, had done the, the beginning and then Brandon Peterson finished it out as like the main artist, I guess. Um, I didn't well, even notice Carlos a pa- difference. Pacheco. Like they, they did Carlos the, the Wolverine like flashback yeah, okay. scenes and then, uh, Brandon Peterson did the, uh, the future scenes. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice really any difference okay at all, right. all right. <laughs> if i'm being honest sure. yeah, no, that's fine <laughs> i'm curious now though that now that i know that it's different um i'm definitely yeah not being involved in the comic world and stuff i don't really notice the like styles like there are definitely books that you've given me where i'm like okay i can tell the difference but i don't think uh and this one i certainly didn't really notice um that they were like that off you know from each other or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah i i think you viewed this series the way I view cars. Like I just have, they all look the yeah. same, you know, I can tell it's <laughs> yeah. an automobile. I'll be like, Hey, what is that? A Honda civic. They're like, that's a bus. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't. They got wheels. They got, it has wheels. It takes <laughs> you somewhere. That's all I really need. <laughs> so yeah, to you, what, what was this like with the, all that stuff? Uh, it, it was a little bit jarring. Um, because I'm such a big nerd. Like I, I recognize all of these artists right away. Um, yeah. and like down to the, the inkers in the, uh, the color art. Um, okay, I like, yeah. uh, I like Paul Mounts as a, as a colorist, but I do find uh-huh. his, uh, his color work tends to work better with particular, uh, line artists. Uh, I think he works really good with Brian Hitch, but when we get to the future scenes with Brandon Peterson's work, um, it looked a little bit odd to me. It looks a little mm. bit, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, you know odd <laughs> <laughs> odd uh man there's a, a specific uh, a little bit airbrushed i guess is the, the, okay, the coloring yeah, yeah. for for that um it, like it like i said it works for certain art, uh, 
otters. <laughs> <Works for some>. <laughs> <laughs> They're cracking clams on their tummies. <laughs> that common phrase works for certain otters. <laughs> there wasn't any dry ice in the house, Stephen. <laughs> But um, but but as a as a whole, I I I, uh, I like the series. Um, I prefer that a series like a especially a a mini series like this has a consistent artist. I, I just uh-huh. think it works better that way. Yeah. But um, it it kind of made sense with what they were doing. They were going from one main timeline to the past and then the future simultaneously. Mm-hmm. It helps to give that visual separation and gives you your um, kind of helps you keep track of where you are in the timeline yeah that maybe so so you know what i can i can live with it if i fucking yeah. have to <laughs> if you uh now that you mentioned like the the different artists for like the future and the past and stuff or even like the present like uh that makes sense to me that it would be different um i honestly didn't really notice a difference in terms of like the actual art or the colorists or, or anything like that changing and in, in my head i think i probably noticed a difference but it was more in terms of like I was like, oh, you you write this or you draw this differently for the the past um, or the future or whatever. So um, it I just kind of w- went with it as like you just draw different and it wasn't necessarily a different artist or whatever. But uh, it's definitely intriguing. I'm kind of curious to go back now and maybe look at some of it and see. Uh, or if you have anything like in particular that you remembered, like a, a panel or whatever that. Mm-hmm you're like, this is like radically different than this one or whatever. That'd be kind of intriguing. But, um, yeah, um, I, I definitely don't notice the things that you notice as a comic book reader. Um, like when you were like, yeah, the, the, this kind of colorist working with this kind of line artist, I'm like, it all looks essentially the same to me. Um, or like the, I know like lettering is one of your big things, but, um, for me it's like, you know, it's just there. Like I don't really notice the difference necessarily. Um, so yeah, it's, I'm kind of intrigued to, to learn more about that as we go through more of these comics over time. Yeah. Um, I think issue nine is the, the cover that, uh, Carlos Pacheco drew of Wolverine stabbing mm. himself through the chest. Yeah. <sighs> Holy shit. These fucking dogs, dude. <laughs> hey, calm down. Calm down. Mom's not home uh, right now, so they're, they're freaking out. Can we name the episode These Fucking Dogs? Do you think that'll go over at iTunes? <laughs> we should. They're, they're like evidently the, the stars of the show here. Dog pod. Um, I don't know what we're talking about. These, yeah, they, they, yeah the, the Wolverine, Stabbing Wolverine oh, cover. Oh, yes. Yeah, that was the, that the, Pacheco did. the only cover that he drew. Um, the, the first five plus Avengers... 12.1 were all drawn by Brian Hitch and then um, okay. all the other four issues were drawn by Brandon Peterson who's more of a like digital artist um, mm. which sometimes they don't like uh, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of that here um, uh-huh. a lot of artists not a lot but some artists today they use this program called Poser where you've got a mm-hmm. CGI model inside your computer and um, if you draw it digitally you have the ability to uh, draw like kind of essentially trace over their their um, frame on the screen mm-hmm. and uh, and all of that and that can be helpful um, on certain things like if you're drawing a, a cityscape or vehicles uh, you know like a bus or Honda Civic as mentioned before mm-hmm. um, those are the only two vehicles <laughs> I know so that's, that's how would you there. know the difference though I I wouldn't know yeah they would have to label them <laughs> for me I think you can buy a, a a starter pack. I want to see a, a comic that you draw where someone gets into their Honda Civic and then in the comic they get in a bus and everybody in the reading is just super confused. Well, I was confused <laughs> when I watched the movie Speed and I was like, how are all these people going to fit in the Civic? 
Oh, like man, a clown that's car. Awesome. <laughs> but um, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> but uh, there, there's uh, some artists uh, that I'm, I'm not going to uh, to mention on this the show because uh, I would like to to work in comics eventually. But um, that yeah. they will just trace over the 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 wire frame or whatever uh-huh. of the character, and it just looks so shitty. It just looks it looks superposed, and there's like. It sucks the the acting and the the life out of the character, but hmm. um, Brandon Peterson he's typically one of the the better ones at at doing that. Um, he doesn't okay. necessarily abuse it so much, but um, I I don't know. I just thought it was a, a little bit odd looking here. It might have been a part of the 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 coloring and the his uh-huh. particular work not meshing together well. But um, that's yeah. that's interesting though that program and everything because um, uh, years and years ago. Uh, you had helped me work on a on a comic I was writing at the time, uh, briefly, and in my head, like not I, I'm an artist as well, but I, I haven't drawn in a long time. I don't really keep it up, and um, it's hard for me with this type of stuff since I'm not a huge comic book reader. That it's hard for me to um, kind of decide how I want panels to go and all that, and um, like how I want things to look or people to look into that. And so, well, at the time, I was using like I was Google imaging basically, and and. Uh, making a mock-up of how I would want something to look like so I could draw it afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm intrigued by the idea of like, especially with digital, you know, the digital medium now and that you can have like a 3D uh, wireframe of a, a character or whatever. You could just like shape it any way you want. Right. I more I would more think of that as like you could have a program where it's like this digital person and you could have like lighting and colors and all kinds of stuff go into it to give you like a reference point, right. uh, but not necessarily to trace over, mm-hmm. more of just like, you know, like any other model, like you would take pictures of a, a lion before, you know, being an animated on the Lion King, um, you would have a digital lion you could shape and, you know, take digital pictures of and then kind of use that as a reference point. But, uh, yeah, it seems kind of like cheating for lack of a better word, I guess, right. you know, yeah. to just trace over that like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't want to work in comics eventually. So I'm going to name everybody out there. <laughs> Here we First go. First off, <laughs> if I knew anybody's names, <laughs> well, there, no, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. If if somebody does want to use Poser, make sure you get the uh, the classic version of that. You don't want to get the Canadian version, Hoser. Oh man, yeah, don't want that. Podcast <laughs> over. I've done it. <laughs> well, uh, do you, uh, overall, I thought we could kind of go, you know, do what we thought of the the book, kind of like mm-hmm. we do the movies and stuff. Um, I would definitely, probably, uh, definitely, probably, sure, that works. Um, want to mention some things <laughs> as we get into uh, the the movie and everything like that. I might reference back to this, and you might as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, for this, um, on, uh, as itself, I thought it was a really cool story. Um, I love time travel stuff, so I thought that was really neat. Um, I love Wolverine, so it was kind of cool to see um, him go back and forth in time and like uh, kind of just sticking to his guns and doing what he wants to do. And maybe not thinking everything through. Um, but I thought it was a cool book. Um, I'm not sure how I think of it. I wouldn't necessarily place it in terms of the movie, like how I compare them to each other. They're just mm-hmm. so radically different that I don't even know that I can. But, uh, you know, just as a story, it was cool. I, I enjoyed reading it. Um, I was intrigued by Ultron and Vision and kind of where they came from. And like I had mentioned earlier, I'd asked you for some books. And you're like, well, it's really just... They were created like in the 70s, and there's those old books if you want to go read them. But um, you told me about this new series um, called, I don't know if it's just called Vision or, or whatever. Yeah, uh, uh, The Vision. The Vision? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but I started reading it. I'm, I'm only in the first issue still. I haven't even finished it, but uh, it's cool. Um, it's like it, The Vision has like a whole family, and they're like in the suburbs and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, it's neat. Uh, I like it so far. So uh, it's it definitely this is good because it's you know it's prompted me to read more than I was expecting to. So that's always a good sign. Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised when I saw that text yesterday. Um, I was like, oh, this yeah. is, this is what what comics are supposed to do. They they want to there engage you, you to to read more. Um, these are weird characters to uh, try to get into, but um, yeah. <laughs> luckily that Vision series just came out a, a year or two yeah. ago. So um, hopefully you you like that series. Um, it's I, yeah. I love it. So it's cool so yeah. far. Yeah, definitely. And it's like I didn't really. It's another character in the movies uh, for the Vision that um, I didn't know that I would like or whatever. If, I didn't know if I'd care for, but I've liked how Paul Bettany has transformed that in the movies and what they've done with it throughout the rest of the series. We haven't gotten to yet. Um, so I'm intrigued by the character overall, um, especially after this one. Um, now that I've we've seen like Black Panther and like how their tech works and everything, mm-hmm. and now I was intrigued. Like I didn't, I don't think I really quite captured in the movie how how Vision, how the Vision is like created and what he's made of and everything. And so now I'm like just super intrigued on how this will all play out in Infinity War. Um, so that's that's more like a movie thing, but just in general, like yeah, that, that character has just been more intriguing to me. So yeah. Um, so what do you think of the the series? This the series. Um, I I liked it. It's not my favorite thing that Bendis has written. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm he's probably my favorite comics writer, but um, yeah. it's not it's not my favorite thing by by him. Um, I think mm-hmm. at this point, he he was kind of on his way to being done with with writing the Avengers and. Um, I liked most of his run, but it, it yeah. petered out a little bit towards the end for me. Um, and this, the Age of Ultron series itself came out after the he had stopped writing the Avengers. So it's kind of oh, okay. cool to see him revisit those characters a little bit. But as far mm. as the, the story itself goes, um, I I like the story. Like <laughs> after I read the, the comic, I went back and, and read the Wikipedia article mm. on it. And I liked the... As I was going through there, I was like, "Oh yeah, I really like this part of the the plot." Like it, it laid out <laughs> a little bit easier for yeah. me that way. Um, so I, I like the overall idea of it, um, but mm-hmm. I think the execution there was some things that um, bothered me a little bit, like the multiple artists um, and some of the mm-hmm. the art itself sure. not uh, not looking as good as I, I know some of the Marvel stuff can look. Um, yeah. But overall, I I enjoy it. Um, I'd probably, I'd give it a hands if I were to rate it. Uh-huh. I'd say it was, it was hands. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Hands? Uh, okay. I was trying to try to remember our scale actually <laughs> where hands fell in there. So it's uh, a, it's it, w- it would be a, a four out of five, I guess if you, yeah. if you want to be a, you know, a robot jerk about it and, uh, <laughs> assign a number. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that though. Um, yeah, I don't know that I would necessarily go back to read it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but it was cool and it was cool to, to see the differences between this and the movie. So yep. yeah. Cool. I dig that. Well, now that we're uh, a cool hour and a half into this <laughs> podcast, <laughs> you want to go ahead and get into the movie? A quick plot overview from Brent Hibbard. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was good, though. Uh, we'll see how much we talk about the movie. Uh, I have a lot to say and not a lot to say at the same time. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So I'll just run through some of this stuff for this one. So um, Avengers Age of Ultron, the 2015 film. Um, so it came out two years after the comic series did. 
Um, and it was announced at the time as well. I think we should note that uh, it was really just going to take Age of Ultron in title alone. Like that was always the the goal. Um, they never really hinted that that was going to be different. Like uh, that all of a sudden we were going to get Wolverine in this or something, or like it was going to involve time travel. It was definitely different. Right. So uh, directed by Joss Whedon, written by Joss Whedon. Uh, cast is pretty large. Um, this is definitely where we start getting into. I mean, they started adding new characters and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, this and then into Civil War and now into Infinity War. This is when the cast lists are going to get just <laughs> crazy. So I'm going to run through them. So we got Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and Iron Man, Chris Hemsworth as Thor, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner and the Hulk, Chris Evans as Steve Rogers or Captain America, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanoff or Black Widow, Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, Hawkeye, John che- uh, Don Cheadle as James Rhodey Rhodes and War Machine. Um, which I want to stop there. I was trying to think back. Didn't. He changed into the Iron Patriot last time we saw him, right? Did he go back to War Machine? Where did that come from? Uh, I yeah, that was the whole point. I guess he just went back. He just... <laughs> that's all we've got. Which I, th- I thought was funny because... So that's in Iron Man 3, right? That he's like, no, I t- it tested really well. Iron Patriot, it's, it's good, whatever. <laughs> yeah. War Machine was too harsh yeah. or whatever, like too war, you know? Um, but I was like, they joke about that, how that tested well. And I'm like, maybe they, they tried that in Iron Man 3 and it was like, it didn't test well. Let's do a war machine well, again. Well, when, uh, when the president <laughs> of the United States was kidnapped in the armor and then like strung up, I think they were like. Is that where it changes? Yeah. I think they were like, okay. yeah, maybe, maybe not so great. <laughs> we'll ditch Yeah, that. right on. Okay. I was trying to think if that had ended. I almost went back and watched the, the last bits of uh, Iron Man 3 to see if I had missed something of that. But I didn't know where it would even be. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I thought that was funny. Like he's just, he's just War Machine in this one. They yeah, don't really just talk about Iron Patriot, yeah. yeah, at all. So, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Pietro Maximoff or Quicksilver, Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, uh, Paul Bettany as Jarvis, um, and we'll go ahead and spoil that, I guess, as uh, also the Vision. We're uh, we're only co- halfway through the cast list, guys. Hold on. Holy shit, it's true. <laughs> uh, Kobe Smolders as Maria Hill, and I put slash needs a secret name. And I'm sure in the comics she does, but uh, uh-uh. she was the only person out here no, for, just, for a while. She just goes by Maria the, Hill in the comics. The whole that, time? That's her, 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 her name, yeah. I mean, that's She's, cool and all, but she needs something. Gun shooter. Uh, <laughs> gun shooter. That could work. <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony Mackie as Sam Wilson and the Falcon. James Spader as Ultron. Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Claudia Kim as Helen Cho. Andy Serkis makes his debut as Claw, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because that plays into a lot later. And then definitely a spoiler. I think I'd say a spoiler alert, too, for some of the later the movie. Uh, Linda Cardellini as Laura Barton, uh, Hawkeye's wife. Yes. Um, which is a cool scene I'm excited to talk about later on. So that is the large cast. And I didn't even get to everybody, really. There could have been more people. So. <laughs> Best boy. <laughs> I always forget to throw those in there. I'm so sorry. All the best boys. Let me go there. through all the credits, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> Scene one. Frame of film one. <laughs> Age of Ultron. Um, so I actually wrote some notes for this one. I got about 14. Um, but really, uh, we'll, we'll kind of just go through whatever. Did you write notes for this one as well? Yes, I did. Um, I Super. barely wrote any for the, the comic, and we saw what that turned into. <laughs> so. You know. Sometimes it, it doesn't limit you, though. It just lets everything open, and then it's like too mm-hmm. much. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I'm going to talk about everything. It happens. Yeah. Um, my first note, though, was uh, I love the beginning fight um, yes. that they uh, start out with. Um, one of the things, though, so uh, I guess I'll actually lead off with um, 
this movie has changed for me over time, like how how highly I think of it, what I think of it. Um, in general, this one is one of the, one of the lower um, like Rotten Tomato scores for the Marvel MC uh, for the MCU. Um, it's one of the like fans don't like it as much. It seems um, it's one of the lesser films overall. Um, and the last time I had watched this a few months ago, sometime last year. Um, I hadn't watched it in a while. I revisited it, and I was like, you know, I don't know why it has so much hate. I actually really like it. And then for this time, for some reason, I was like, it, it was good but not great to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of goes back and forth. Like over the years, I, I've just changed my opinion of it and kind of where it fits like amongst the rest of the films. So um, what did you kind of think leading into it? Like have you always liked this one, or how'd you, how have you felt about this movie? Well, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I liked it, but I left the theater like – not really disappointed just being like oh okay i guess that was it like yeah you know um i don't think the the story holds together as well as the first avengers movie and mm-hmm. i certainly recognize the 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 first avengers movie is um uh a better film uh but i still yeah. like this one just just for different mm-hmm. reasons um and yeah i mean that's kind of kind of my general sure. overview of it I, yeah. I like the way it looks. I think the uh, yeah uh, the the film looks a, a little bit more sharp, and I like mm-hmm. the the different locales they they go to. They really explored mm-hmm. the uh, the planet Earth, and yeah, uh, yeah, I liked all of that stuff. But yeah, the the, the story yeah. is is it's a good point weaker than than the first one for sure. Yeah, um, so uh, that kind of led into why I mentioned that was um, I like the beginning fight, but. Um, I feel like this movie is, um, and that fight is just a little too polished for me. Um, the, the way that they are like all, you know, like, so it's kind of a similar scene where we had in the, the battle of New York and the Avengers movie where it traced like each character and how, like it, like the camera went through like one long shot mm-hmm. going from like character to character and how they all fit together. And it was really cool. And this one does that where they're in the woods and they're like all driving around and it's super neat. But it's just like a little too good, and like whenever they they all like um, crash their cars and kind of jump over that thing together, yeah. it's fucking badass. Um, but it's like a little too badass almost for me. <laughs> like it just looks, it looks like too easy for them to do. Um, and it's like it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I I I, I have to compare it to the original Avengers movie, right. and I I don't like it as much. I think that's the that's the case. Um, there's like something uh, what I'd written about is the first Avengers had a certain quality to it and a lot of other like even though it wasn't the first movie in the whole series like being the first avengers movie was definitely a, a different thing for it bringing them all together and like other first in a series like sometimes you'll get a sequel and it's like man this is it's kind of like everything you had in the first one but it's a little bit more and it's just a little bit too polished a little bit more to be more a little bit bigger action to have more action that kind of stuff that it just kind of throws me off a little bit and it just it'll never be as good because it's trying too hard almost Mm -hmm. so i kind of felt that uh coming out of this movie for me okay yeah i could see that um yeah i've got that noted here as well that the the opening scene was uh purposely supposed to be uh kind of a, a continuation of the or not a continuation a in reference to the the action scene at the end of the first avengers movie yeah um mm-hmm. which i like but yeah it doesn't have as much of a there's there's something a little bit off about it i can't quite put my, uh-huh. my finger on it sure um but i mean we we see all six characters have come back together you know um mm-hmm. i like that they didn't have to re-explain or or reassemble the team this time yeah um, and i've got it noted here that if it were an x-men film 
all the characters would have gone their separate ways. We'd have to spend at least <laughs> the, the first two acts reassembling all of the characters, getting them back together. I like that. Even though the Thor, the Thor, uh, Thor was out doing his thing in, in Asgard and in the dark world and, mm-hmm. and later in London. And then Tony was doing his, like everybody was doing their own thing, but eventually yeah. they did, they just come back together as a team I, and work yeah, together. Um, and I think the, the catalyst for that is, um, probably trying to track down Loki's scepter, which works. Mm-hmm. But um, you know they've already got Avengers Tower. It's it's just assumed that the audience can can piece together that these characters come together when they're needed and uh, yeah. and work together to to stop evil. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. I, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point, though. Um, one of the things I had written or I had read about. Um, Joss Whedon had a quote from whenever he was writing this, I guess, um, that he had a hard time um, as a writer because he has to go into this being like, I can only make this a sequel to the first Avengers movie. I can't assume that every audience member has seen the rest of the series leading into this. And so I have to make a direct sequel to it. So it's not like they negate anything that happens. Um, Character arcs have definitely influenced how people are acting in this movie uh, from their own individual movies and stuff. But uh, uh, Thor was the one that I latched onto in particular that it's like, yeah, he's definitely doing his own thing, you know, off, off planet earth, um, for a long time. And then, uh, kind of gets back into this, like, like nothing happened. Like you don't really need that background. You don't need to see them come back together. I agree that, that it's a waste of time almost, you know, right. um, like the, the X movies would do that. And, and it's like, yeah, you don't need that. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. So I like that they're just kind of fighting together. Right. And this is the first time we've seen Hawkeye since the, the first Avengers movie. So, Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, there hasn't really been much of a change, well, for him uh, mm-hmm. between the two. Like, at least nothing that we have seen at this point. But um, yeah. I do like that finally we get to see Hawkeye as Hawkeye in this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know I've, I've shit on him in, a, in, in previous <laughs> uh, discussions about the, the MCU, but um, that's, that's mainly because we barely get to see him as him. In the sure. first Avengers movie, he was you know, for two thirds of that movie, he, he was a, a villain. So, um, mm. I really like that we get to see him as one of the good guys. And then we see more of what his personal life is, uh, going yeah. forward. Um, the, the iron legion at the beginning of this movie, uh, I didn't catch mm-hmm. it the first time, but, uh, even they were voiced by James Spader. And now I can't oh. not hear it whenever I watch this back. That's He's funny. A, wow. He's got a, a more uh, reserved uh, voice mm-hmm. um, as the Iron Legion, um, and then he he uh, spaders it up uh, when he uh, oh, yeah. when he becomes Ultron. But uh, interesting, yeah, I, th- I thought that was uh, was pretty fun. Yeah, again, um, this movie leads to that same stuff I've been talking about um, that I, I find it so Tony's arc so fascinating with uh, how he does his suits and where they've gone from the past. And uh, this is another, just, it seems like the next iteration of whatever he wants to do to protect the world, mm-hmm. that now he has all these suits that he had, like in Iron Man 3, where he had all these different, you know, Mark whatever suits that were around him that could fly around and pick him up or help him or whatever and, you know, do things by themselves. But now it's like, oh, he's they've kind of created like a police force and stuff. It just seems like the next logical step in his mind of what he would create and stuff. And then that leads into... Uh, why he wants to, you know, create, or why he eventually does create Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I find it interesting. Uh, this is one of the things I wanted to bring in from the book. We didn't really talk about when we reviewed that, but, um, you know, for this movie, like, Ant-Man comes next, so we haven't met Hank Pym, 
um, in any of these. And when he is introduced, he's older, and we get a, a different Ant-Man. Um, but we do get to see Hank Pym, you know, as a scientist and like that. But at this point, you know, we don't have him. Um, and I'd read a, another quote from Joss Whedon that, you know, we already had Bruce Banner. We had Tony Stark. We didn't need another scientist to come in the mix mm-hmm. just to, to create Ultron. And it makes sense in this one, I think. Um, I like how they have co-opted the story of Ultron to fit Tony Stark and his hubris right. and a little bit of Bruce Banner as well. But he's really just kind of helping Tony along. Um, but to, to see why and how they go through the steps of creating this, this, you know, Ultron and everything as well. So, um, uh, just kind of interesting. I don't know where I was going to go with that. (laughs) No, yeah, I I totally get uh, the, the reason for the adaptation, uh, is, is just serve the story, uh, which is the best you can do. You know, um, Mm -hmm. I know it doesn't match the, the comics exactly. And I, I know some, some people get annoyed by that. Uh, Mm -hmm. like some people were annoyed that Tony would create Ultron, even though it was, Hank Pym in the comics, but it, it would have made sense. It would have been way too much backstory to get into. To, yeah. To say Hank Pym created Ultron. You've never met Hank Pym? Well, evidently, yep. <laughs> you only know him as a fuck up because he's just created this murder bot. So um, the, 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 the tracks weren't laid for that story at this yeah. point. And really, all you need to know is that Ultron is a, an evil robot. Like, regardless of yeah. who, who created him, it's, that's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense for this. It, it's why I wanted to know what uh, Ultron's history had been. And when I looked it up, I, I told you, instead of reading the books, I was just kind of like Wikipedia and stuff, and I did. Um, and there's there's not much there anyway that I was able to read. Like, Hank Pym kind of just wanted to know about AI, and he was um, working on someone else's Dragon Man. Um, yes, perfectly Like, kind of learning the secrets. Perfectly healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dragon Man, just Which a was normal in the, thing. Uh, <laughs> which is in the Age of Ultron book. Um, and I, I, it's like presented there as just fact, I guess, if that's how he went through it. But um, I don't know how they would have even made, like the Hank Pym we do get in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they would have ever fit that in, but it makes perfect sense for Tony. Yeah. And uh, him wanting to to put this, um, you know, this fighting force around the world to protect us from the alien species that might attack us or whatever, um, that he has his Iron Legion, and then he needs like an AI to kind of root out that, those those threats anyway um it kind of makes sense in his um storyline and stuff in his his uh plots so right. um that was cool i thought that was a, a good way that they could change that ever and actually in my eyes from what i a little know about the comics it seems like a better version to me of why Ultra was created but mm-hmm. yeah like you said at the end of the day it really doesn't matter he's an evil robot bent on destroying humanity so you know take that and run with right. it and they did so <laughs> hit the ground running that way right yeah um, so in this movie, we see that there's, um, like, obviously Bruce Banner is part of the Avengers, um, even though he's mm-hmm. the Hulk, um, he's still part of the team. They, they do a code green when they need him and, uh, they, they have a way to calm him down and have him revert back to Bruce Banner, which is, uh, something they refer to as Banner's lullaby, which is, mm-hmm. um, something that it seems like, uh, Black Widow is able to. Yeah. Uh, to control. Um, but it's funny because uh, we just rewatched Thor Ragnarok, Brandy and I. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's a, a part in there where uh, Thor says, uh, hey, big guy, <laughs> sun's getting real low. Like he tries <laughs> to do it as well. Um, so uh, I, don't, I don't know if the, the whole team eventually is able to do it, but they, yeah. in this specifically, they, they have Natasha do it, um, which I thought was a, a, cool, a cool thing mm-hmm. to do. Um, I, like, like I kind of don't get it, like with the the arm thing, yeah. like I guess he has to be like touched 
on his arm in a certain pattern and that helps bring Bruce back. Like it makes sense yeah. and doesn't make sense at the same time, you know? Sure. Like yeah. I get it, really but I don't it, get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, took it as like some kind of calming mechanism right. or whatever, like something. Yeah. Maybe something that's through, just, uh, through like repetition. Uh, yeah. They, they found works or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a cool, a cool thing for them to do because they need some way to introduce that they can, you know, at least work with him a little bit mm-hmm. that he's not always going to respond to that or he's, you know, he might do his own thing or whatever, but that they have like, they've worked some stuff out. I think it's like just cool to show the team has grown, uh, since the last film, right. like they've been doing some, some stuff together and they kind of, you know, work together really well, which, which works for the whole film and how they fight together and everything too. That it's like, clearly they've been doing some, some stuff. Um, they understand each other, their fighting styles, how they work together and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Um, and they, they make a good point later in the movie, um, where really the, the public has mainly only seen the Hulk saving New York. I know there was a mm. uh, bad C- CGI Hulk and incredible Hulk where he's he was <laughs> yeah. destroying uh, part of, uh, Harlem. But, um, the, for, for the most part, the, the stuff that would have been on the news, uh, the mm. most recent stuff anyway, would have been, uh, the Hulk saving New York. So, um, later in the movie, he, uh, he takes a heel turn and, uh, Bruce says they finally saw the real Hulk. And I was like, oh yeah, mm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. People were, were then terrified of him because of, yeah. uh, Wanda's trickery. But, uh, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also on the Hulk, I, when I, when this movie came out, I remember watching with the commentary on and Joss was saying that, um, they put some extra effort into making the Hulk feel like he was there in the scenes. So you'll see mm-hmm. the Hulk's like elbow like in the in the foreground or hmm. or something like that. It gets out of focus while it's the, yeah. the camera's actually looking at the Black Widow. You see the Hulk's arm yeah, or cool. something to that effect. It just helps kind of sell that that character's right there. He said it was very expensive to do that, but it's worth it to, That's funny. to, to make things feel real, especially when you've got a, yeah. a giant, like, 10-foot green monster man. Yeah, I thought uh, this was a the best incarnation at this point. Like I think they've just improved the Hulk over and over. Um, each time you see him, like in Ragnarok, he's, he feels like he's there mm-hmm. and his effects are really good. And, um, it was cool to see him in Ragnarok, just be the Hulk for extended periods of time instead of Bruce Banner and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought this one, he feels like he's, it's like more lived in his, uh, effects seem a little bit better, a little more polished. Like you were saying, the whole movie is a little bit sharper and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, they definitely, uh, succeeded on that part. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, did you ever see this movie in 3d? <clears throat> no, I don't think so. I was trying to think, I think, um, like years and years ago, yeah, remind me uh, what I was wearing, but we, we saw the Avengers together. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. As like a whole group, and it, that was in 3D, right? Uh, yes. And IMAX or something? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've seen any of the rest of them actually in 3D, in 3D. Okay. Um, since then. Yeah. I don't I don't go out of my way to see that anymore, but uh, I definitely, if, if we were in town or if we saw the Indies together, um, I definitely would, but other than that, I'm not sure that I ever have. Okay. Um, I remember the, the 3D in this movie looking really good. Um, Mm-hmm. especially in the the Tony's vision scene where we see mm-hmm. um that uh, that giant uh, chitari like monster thing uh behind yeah. him um <laughs> that just looked really awesome and there's any number of different fields of vision that come into play in this movie so mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that it was natively shot in 3D uh, it was converted yeah. but it's still I remember mm-hmm. it looking pretty good right there Yeah cool yeah Um well let's let's talk about Tony's vision uh, where he sees that he's he's failed the team um, and everybody's mm-hmm. laying around dying, um, and that's 
really seems like the the catalyst uh, catalyst <laughs> catalyst to uh, to him wanting to make Ultron a thing. It's something that he and Bruce had had been talking about, uh, and you know he really wants to do what he can to save the world. He thinks that making this robot AI a something that can help monitor those threats mm-hmm. and take care of them uh, that would be his lasting legacy to have you know peace on earth and goodwill yeah. toward men oh yeah merry christmas <laughs> yeah it's uh it, it was interesting um i like again like i like how this goes in tony's plot line of how this all makes sense in his head mm-hmm. um and i was definitely uh i just want to note here i don't really much to say about it i just want to note that I was trying to pay more attention watching it this time into how all of this leads into Civil War um, because this movie plays such a big part in the storyline that uh, goes into Civil War with like the Sokovia Accords and everything like that. So um, I was trying to pay attention to Cap and uh, Iron Man specifically yeah. and how they think about things um, leading into that. And uh, um, it's very interesting to see uh, how this makes sense in Tony's head. I can totally get it from his point of view. I'm not sure that I agree with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, I get it, and it's it's interesting how this will play out in the further films. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to have a cinematic universe where the characters are consistent. You know, <laughs> you know um, Justice League is on iTunes right now, uh, and yeah. I keep thinking about it. Oh, I keep I keep being like, well, maybe, but uh, I think I need to wait for you. I think that'd be a fun one to do with you, yeah. like to watch together. Um, I just I know I'm not gonna love it. I might I might enjoy it more than I expect to. Like like you had said, like it was you know not as bad as you expected. It was actually pretty good. You actually enjoyed parts of it. So um, I think I might be there too when I actually see it. But uh, I don't know that I want to go that road alone, man. <laughs> I still haven't bought it. When, when it drops down to yeah. like nine ninety nine, I might pull the trigger on it. But yeah, yeah, for right now okay. I'm just yeah I'm, I, I yeah. I'm 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 having uh, hesitations about uh, rewatching you it. Sound like, uh, it. like I was I was yeah. on a high after seeing it, and we we talked there about it. And then uh, my friend Ross he texted me. He's like, uh, "You guys are way off on this Justice League. This movie is terrible." <laughs> he said he got about uh, five or ten minutes in, and had to turn it off. I was like, "Well, yeah, it's there." You go. Interesting. It's an acquired taste. Uh, it's it's definitely like it's it's a a bad movie. It's a bad movie, people. But it's fun. What you admitted as much, yes. I think, at that yeah. at that time, yeah. Just that it's, it's like it can be enjoyable, right. an enjoyable bad movie as well, or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's funny. Um, did you have more to say about uh, what you were what yeah, you were saying uh, about Tony? On, on Tony's vision? Yeah, that uh, a lot of people yeah. at the time uh, thought that. Uh, Tony's vision was a vision of the future, something that would mm. uh, be seen in um, Infinity War, but oh, okay. it doesn't seem like that's the case. It just seems like it's yeah. his his fear of what would happen if he didn't take steps to protect everyone. So mm. um, mainly because Thor has long hair. He doesn't have long hair anymore, guys. There you go. And he has two eyes. They wouldn't there do that to us. Scene. Yeah, th- come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <laughs> So uh, it's it all boils down to Thor's hair. Right. <laughs> you can tell this is a listen, okay? <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's all we've got on uh, on on that. Um, what what is your your next point? Yeah, so um, one of the things that I loved is just a small thing, but um, Ant Man. <laughs> yes, Too soon? that's the first of many puns <laughs> to come <laughs> throughout the series. Um, no, so. What I liked about this movie and what I'd read about, um, so Joss Whedon had a hard time making this movie. Yeah. 
Um, he was pretty vocal about that during the editing process uh, and the production process in general about how he was just some of his yelling ideas... in the editing bay, and we could all hear it <laughs> yeah. from where we were, very loud. That <laughs> uh, he had had some issues with the editors in the studio and stuff, and what he wanted to do. And and I had seen a, a note as well from Feige that he had said they're not just trying to make things bigger to be bigger for the sequel, but I honestly feel there are some things like that. And there's, um, I feel like this movie has been a little Disneyfied. That there's some things that are just too. They're definitely like going grander, possibly just to be grander in mm-hmm. scope and um, scale of everything. And so, uh, what I like though so much about this movie and what Joss Whedon said he was um, setting out to make in this movie was a quieter movie than the first Avengers. He wanted to see these characters evolve, and um, those are my favorite parts of this entire movie. So, uh, the first one of those is the uh, uh, the scene where after that that first fight at Strucker's uh, base in Sokovia and everything like that. Um, they're coming back and they're in New York and they're just celebrating. They're having like a party yes. with a bunch of different people. Yeah. And um, that whole scene is great and I would love to, to delve more into that. But in particular, I love all the World War II vets that are at the party yes. that are like essentially, I guess, like I don't know if they're supposed to be old friends of Caps necessarily or just old vets, you know, yeah. um, it's, kind it, of around. It seems but, like the, the type of crowd, even if Steve didn't know them, he would invite them to Avengers yes. Tower, you know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I was like, I don't think he actually knows these guys, but he would invite them and be around them and right. stuff. And I, I loved it so much. Um, Thor interacting with them is great. Um, uh, it, it obviously gives a, a great one of my probably one of my favorite Stan Lee um, cameos, cameos yeah. that he can just be one of those vets and he's part of that. So I thought that was great. Um, but in particular, I wanted to mention, um, I think there's a missed opportunity here because the scene that Stan Lee is in. Thor has whatever drink that is that he's like, this has been aged for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. And um, it's obviously like getting Thor drunk. Um, It's like what he brought to the party because he's, you know, not a mortal man and everything. But uh, he gives them to Captain America and they don't go into it at all. But we've already established in Captain America's um, uh, mythology that his like super metabolism, he can't get drunk. He tells that to Peggy in his first film. And I wish that we he would have gotten drunk with Thor. <laughs> I like that the way that they did Stan Lee in there, and they're like carrying Stan Lee away. But I'm like, oh man, that feels like this. This should have been something that got Cap drunk as well, and that could have been really fun. Yeah. And they don't really seem to go into that at all. So, just a little thing I noticed this time that I was like, oh man, that would have been fun too. But the whole scene is great, regardless. Drunk Cap, we need it. Yeah, <laughs> that's I would have fun. Yeah, some some uh, alcohol so strong that even Captain America can get. Toasted exactly. Off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On on the uh, Avengers Tower thing, I, I've got that noted here as well. Uh, I love all the interactions there. We get to see uh, yeah. the Falcon. He comes back, um, uh-huh. and he he discusses that you know he's still looking for the Winter Soldier. Just kind of a a little nod to the Winter yeah. Soldier film. Um, but man, I I would have loved cool. if Sam Mackey was in more of this movie. I, I know. Man, it. I just I know. I love that 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 character. Um, uh huh. And of he course, plays it so well. We uh, uh, we've got the the scene with uh, Thor and Tony uh, trying to uh, one up each other's ladies. Oh uh, yeah, with, with Thor ending with Jane's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. All their interactions are really great. Um, it's fun to see everybody break down a little bit and just have a little fun mm-hmm. uh, with every, you know, how they all interacting with other people around them and too and stuff. Yeah, it's just fun to let let loose a little bit. Um, 
the the part where Rhodey is telling Thor and Tony about <laughs> <laughs> picking up the tank and dropping it in front of Boom. So, yeah, <laughs> and then then not they're just nonplussed with it. They it's yeah. like oh is is that uh, that's the story? Oh yeah, that's a that's, that's a good story. story. And then later we see Rhodey tell that story to a, a bunch of like normal humans, and then they yeah. all start cracking up. And the the look on his face is like yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. I did. damn straight. No. I'm awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and then the the hammer challenge, which was in yes. the original trailer, um, and uh-huh. uh, I love the part where everybody's trying it. They, both Rhodey and Tony, they have on their their uh, respective suit gloves, and oh, the, the afterburners funny, yeah. are firing. They're trying to lift it, and it can't be done. And then uh, we see Cap try to do it, and it budges oh, ever it. so slightly. And yeah. Thor sees it, and he's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> and then Cap's like, "Yeah, I couldn't do it." And then Thor, he he like, he's like, "Yeah, I guess I guess none of you are worthy." So uh, I, I love that whole thing. But the that whole scene, besides being funny and just like well done, it's also a precursor to the Vision later in the movie. Like it's a quick example of how to get the audience to know this character is on the side of good because he mm-hmm. simply picks up the hammer and hands it to Thor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's a good scene later on. Yeah. I noted that as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's a fun scene. Um, it's good to see everybody just like hanging out after a party together, just like chilling and what a bunch of superheroes do. They try to lift Thor's hammer. Yep. Like it's, it's the perfect, like Joss Whedon esque thing to put in there. Yeah. Um, and it's one of my very favorite scenes in the whole movie, like out of all the action and everything else that happens. Um, mm-hmm. it's those quiet moments that are some of my favorites. So yeah, I like that one a all, whole lot. All the characters interacting and uh, having a good yeah. time with each other. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, though. Stanley, uh, this is one of the things I didn't want to have to look up. I wanted just to ask you, uh, whenever he's drunk and walking away, he says, Excelsior. Uh-huh. Uh, what is that again? I know that's from something. Yeah, Excelsior is his sign-off uh, in, in the comics. Okay. He used to write uh, a column in Marvel Comics a while back called Stan's Soapbox, where he would discuss mm. different uh, issues, uh, both uh, uh, real-life issues and also issues of comic books. And yeah. um, he would always sign off with Excelsior which is okay, a, like cool. a, a Latin phrase that he, he found and he liked and he's made it his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so that was definitely fun for any comic fan. Yeah. Uh, whenever he does that, yeah. <laughs> that, that One of my favorites, though, He I love all his cameos. They're always fun, but uh, this was one of my very favorite ones. Yeah. World War II vet who gets hammered with, with Thor <laughs> yeah. drinking thousand-year-old mead. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be escorted out of the Avengers <laughs> <Yeah>. Tower. <laughs> that was good. Um, at the end of that scene... Uh, of course, I, I want to mention now uh, we get to see, holy shit, James Spader is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he is <laughs> Ultron. I know we mentioned it before, but uh, just seeing James Spader as Ultron and having the mannerisms with like that broken uh, Stark sentry um, mm-hmm. and the way he kind of looks around and moves his head, it just yeah. looks James Spader as fuck. Yeah. As the kids say. good. <laughs> that that whole phrase in particular they always say they, james spader is fuck yeah and then they followed up with as the kids say um yeah. it's very complicated to be a teenager these days no and, um i i had wondered i i didn't remember this until i was looking up the wikipedia earlier that um he actually did like motion capture work for this i thought he really did just voice it uh but they were like no he didn't just like voice a robot like he really was there you know yeah. like he he did all this stuff for them so I thought uh, that was cool yeah he was on set wearing that weird triangle costume um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he, he did, he did a great job when they originally announced that he was being cast. I, I could, I could picture his voice in my mind, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, kind of like you, I, I didn't think he would be on set, but then they had some yeah. set photos of him out there and, and, uh, holy shit. He, uh, 
he was a lot funnier in this movie than I was expecting. Like, yeah. in the, the comic that we read, uh, the Age of Ultron series, Ultron is like, he has almost no personality. He's just yeah, a robot, know. you know, what you think is a robot. But since his AI is based on kind of Tony Stark's brain patterns mm. in a way, uh, or at least yeah. Tony Stark designed him, it, it makes sense that he'd be a little more jovial. Um, and it makes some of his scenes more more fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I think they, they overdid it with with certain mm-hmm. things, but um, overall, I, yeah, I think it's yeah, a, a fun performance. Yeah, I feel like um, that's one of the... Some, some people's um, view of this movie is that they it's a little too much sometimes, a little too funny or whatever, mm-hmm. like some things just don't click that well. And uh, I think whenever I had heard that and I watched it in the last few years, I kind of like went the other way or I was like, well, it's not that bad. Uh, but this time, for some reason, when I watched it this time, there's a lot of, some of the jokes, not a lot of them, but some of the jokes where I was like, okay, I, let's move on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's okay. Like, we, you don't need it at all. Uh, what I did like, and I keep mentioning that I, I, like the Wikipedia article for this is really interesting. I would definitely re- recommend the Wikipedia as well for the comic book itself. Um, like you said, like the plot description was really a mm-hmm. uh, good breakdown of all that if you don't want to read the whole series. But um, they had a lot of good points because like Whedon had talked about, and I think some interviews with James Spader that, this is not just some like evil robot. Like this is a robot with personality, like you said, um, as opposed to what he seemed like in the book. Uh, but they definitely worked on that, and for the most part, it really works. Um, he's yeah, he is based on like how Tony designed him, and has a lot of those faults. But he's essentially like a, a child. You know, he he has an understanding of the world. Like he is a computer, so he can understand lots of information at a, um, at a time. So he has learned the history of the world, um, but he isn't he hasn't spent the time on earth to develop his response to that or like how he could help that. So he just goes the other way and is like, yeah, I'm going to kind of, um, like humans are bad and, and I need to destroy everything and everybody. Um, so it's, it's interesting, but I don't know that it always plays out that well. Um, but overall I like him. I like James Spader as Ultron. Um, I didn't know how I would feel about him whenever they cast him as that. Um, I could kind of get there, but I thought the voice really worked for it really well. Um, he's just got a, a cool voice. Um, but it's interesting to see, you know, kind of what they were trying to do with him as well. Yeah. There were certain points when even re watching this, even though I, this is probably my third or fourth viewing of this movie, um, that I had to stop and, and rewind it and put the subtitles on because if, I couldn't understand yeah. him sometimes with the, the mm-hmm. effect they put on his voice. Yeah. But, um, I think a lot of the time I, I was, I was okay. Um, we see Ultron and the, the, the sentries come flying in during that scene um, I thought some of the CGI on those those sentries looked a little bit off. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like they weren't finished. <laughs> they weren't CGI yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were. Um, I don't know. It, it, and it, it was those those uh, those sentries from the the Iron Legion that I had a problem with because it happened. Uh, I think a little bit later in the movie as well. I don't know if it was just that design mm-hmm. that that looks weird. Um, but I don't remember that being an issue on my previous viewings. I don't know if it's just because I was yeah, I watching it to discuss on this this podcast or what, but um, yeah, just you're like I want to rip it apart. Yeah. That looks like shit. <laughs> Got to note that down. <laughs> I'm Justice League all the way, bitch. <laughs> this movie did it. It turned you around. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, later, after Ultron escapes, he goes over to Zakovia, and um, one of my other problems with the movie is um, kind of some weird inconsistencies with well, how did this get to this? How did A connect to B? So mm-hmm. um, we see uh, Pietro and Wanda go into this church 
and evidently Ultron mm-hmm. had summoned them, but we don't know how or yeah. why. Um, they just show up there, um, and it, I, I watched the deleted scene, and it shows Wanda and Pietro passing out stuff to um, some of the people in Sokovia. Um, I, I, I guess Pietro was like stealing a bunch of stuff because he gives this this one girl a mm-hmm. uh, like a sequined dress and all of this stuff. Um, and a little kid walks up and says, Hey, this man in the church wants to see you. And then it cuts. Oh, so okay. then it picks up from there. So somehow, uh, <laughs> we, we just assume that they, they know to go to this church. Well, I don't, it doesn't sound like that scene needed to be there. So that's okay. With me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this guy, go see him. <laughs> okay. It's, doop, it's doop, weird doop. that the whole thing wasn't there, but whatever. <laughs> like it doesn't work uh, again, quite as well as the Avengers. Uh, like the little girl that comes to get Bruce Banner, that scene works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it follows her throughout, um, all, what is that? Calcutta or whatever. It follows her throughout all those huts and stuff. Like that was cool. Uh, filmed very visually interestingly, but, uh, this one, yeah, that didn't sound as, as cool to me. Yeah. Also, like, whenever you mentioned, like, he must have stolen the stuff. He, like, gives this girl a sequin dress. Like, I imagine she's like, I'm just hungry. I came for bread. <laughs> what am I going to do with this fucking sequin dress? <laughs> He's like, you can sell it, I guess. You can uh, go to several towns <laughs> yeah. over and sell it. I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to be nice. Um, so, uh, like you had mentioned, uh, Claw makes his debut in this movie. And yeah. um, he is officially part of Handwatch 2018. So, he, hey, he does hey. get his arm cut off by a very jovial uh ultron uh yeah he cuts it off he's like oh it's probably it, it'll be fine which i, I, did I like thought that was uh hilarious uh <laughs> yeah. on my first viewing uh again on this one i was a little bit like okay, okay yeah. yeah all right i get it uh, i liked how that one played out yeah that was uh one of the ones that i did like um because it's just so like he's like oh crap i cut off your arm yeah <laughs> oh damn it well it's yeah. weird too because he like made a like chopping motion like what did you what did you think yeah, was I gonna know. happen <laughs> you're a giant metal man I know it. You're a giant male man. But it was cool to see Claw. Um, uh, Now that we've seen where Claw goes and um, and Black Panther and everything like that, uh, it was cool to see that all kind of play out now Mm -hmm. um, and the rest of it. Um, At the time, I was just like, I remember when I first saw this, I can't remember actually, I guess, in the trailers or if I knew he was going to be in it uh, or like Andy Serkis was going to be in it, but... Anytime Andy Circus shows up, I just get excited. So uh, I remember like seeing him and being like, "Oh fuck yes!" Um, and it's cool to see where you know he's actually been around. I didn't remember, and when I first watched this, I, I don't think I knew you know like that he would stick around or that would be anything more. Um, but it's cool how he's been a part of the universe mm-hmm. you know, outside of that movie. So yeah. I thought this was cool. And then like how it leads into Black Panther, like um, he has like that arm gun sort of thing yeah. or whatever to replace that hand. So it's like, it all works out. Well, even in this movie, they make mention, uh, the Avengers, uh, when they're looking into to claw and know to go see him, they're like, Holy shit. He took some stuff out of Wakanda. Like he stole metal yeah. out of Wakanda and they were like, Holy yeah. shit. What? Um, except for Bruce Banner. He didn't know how to pronounce it. Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, uh, in South Africa, uh, when they're down there, um, we have the the big fight uh, that we've all been wanting to see the uh, the Hulk versus Hulkbuster armor, something that uh, oh, yeah. the fans have been clamoring for 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 years, and uh, I was so excited when I saw that in the original yeah. trailer. I was like, "Fuck yes, we're finally gonna get to see it." It's cool. <laughs> it is. It's a a suit that Iron Man wears that Tony Stark yeah. uh, is inside of as well. So like when the Hulkbuster armor forms around the Iron Man armor itself, 
Uh, yeah. I was a little bit surprised by that, but I thought it was cool. But it has yeah. like, you know, inside the armor, you see like a, a close-up of Tony's face with the, the digital readout there with the Hulkbuster mm. armors on there. You have then a another digital interface over that one with, um, you can see Tony's head and what looks like a, a digital Iron Man head. And then he has another set of screens in front of him for the Hulkbuster armor. So it's like technology on technology. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. I, I like the idea. I like how they 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 uh, put little snippets of little snippets of uh, <laughs> of what's gonna come because they talk about like Bruce earlier. They call it Veronica. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tony's like, "Well, we have Veronica," and Bruce is like, "Yeah, I know. I helped design it." And then you mm-hmm. don't really know what that is until later on. Um, so that was neat how they uh, they really like, built that out um, in the mythology of it that they. Mm-hmm. Had, this is like, you know, two years later or whatever from the Avengers. And so it's like things have happened. Like Bruce has been a part of um, all of this and working with Tony and um, S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point, you know, and everything. So uh, it's cool to see that. Um, one thing on the Veronica note I wanted to, to mention I uh, for Amanda, um, since she's a, a big Riverdale fan, um, I saw that uh, Joss Whedon said that he named it Veronica mm-hmm. because uh, of uh, Betty and Veronica and the Archie comics. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Bruce had a, his his former love was Betty, so Veronica is the antithesis of that. Yep. So that's what they named it. So Amanda, that's a shout out for you. Uh, but I thought that was a fun little snippet. <laughs> little or <laughs> otherwise, little, uh, oh, yeah, fun little thing. Yeah. Um, uh, later in this movie, we get to meet Clint's family uh, when the Avengers go to his farm. Um, earlier in the movie, it was. Uh, Dr. Cho says something to him along the lines of, uh, hopefully your girlfriend doesn't notice your wound um, because it's been patched mm-hmm. up or whatever she, she should notice. And he said, I don't have a girlfriend. And then in a later scene, uh, Captain America sees Clint on the phone and he needs him to, to go do something. And uh, Cap says, well, who are you on the phone with? And he says, my girlfriend. So we know there's something going on there. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we find out that he was just trying to keep his family off of everyone's yeah. radar. So he has a farm way out there, um, which is totally different than the comics, but I, oh, I yeah. still like it. Um, oh, I love this. Yeah. yeah. This is one of my favorite. And again, this is one of my favorite things, the, the quieter moments. Yes. Um, I attribute this one to, um, this is like in, this is my Ninja Turtle scene. This is the Ninja Turtle scene <laughs> because in, in the, in the original Ninja Turtles movie, they kind of get defeated by shredder and yeah. they go, go to, to that farm. farm yeah. Right. To, to let Raph heal and um, and I was like in that movie as well like it's a moment for them to all like kind of take a break from the action the, the audience to take a break kind of regroup they have to go through some things as characters and I love it in this movie I always think of these turtles when I when I see it mm-hmm. and then uh, I like the way it shapes out like I I uh, had watched it up to that point like through that scene one day like I watched this movie over a couple days and then instead of just going on, I rewound it to watch this entire segment again because I like I like it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, they have like so many different like each character gets to like pair off with other people and they have conversations and like figure some stuff out. Um, I love Linda Cardellini, so when she shows oh, up man. as Hawkeye's wife, um, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, the whole idea of of him having like this secret family that um, uh, Fury had to help him hide everything like that mm-hmm. uh, is is great. Um, I love that he has kids and he's just like works around the house, works around the farm or whatever. Yeah. It was cool. Um, yeah, Linda Cardellini uh, is awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, she is a beautiful woman, uh, so much so yeah. that when the original Scooby-Doo movies came out and they had <laughs> her as Velma, um, I was like, well, she's, she's the hot one then, right? Yeah. She's kind of the, the hot, they're, they're both the hot ones. 
But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I liked her in this movie. But she's um, awesome. She yeah. does really well at uh, uh, supporting Clint. Uh, like she knows about his mm-hmm. Avengers activities, and uh, she makes a point um, when the the two of them are by themselves talking. She said, "These people are practically gods," and he said. Well, so, yeah, they don't need me. And she goes, no, the opposite. They need you to bring them together, which I mm. thought was, was pretty cool. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah, I like that. Like you kind of hinted at earlier, I like that he is uh, a bigger part of this storyline, finally. Um, and this scene in particular, like, obviously, like, it's all up to him to bring them to a, the safe house and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's really cool, yeah, just to see his role kind of expand uh, amongst the Avengers and everything. Right. So yeah, I really dig this. This whole segment is awesome. Well, speaking of the the Ninja Turtle scene, I, yeah, when they did that, and when I first saw this movie, I was like, oh, it's like the the Turtles farmhouse thing. And yeah. in a one of the deleted scenes on here, uh, or extended scenes, they actually cut uh, shows Bruce Banner in the bathtub, and April O'Neil <laughs> is, is drawing him. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I went good. back to that joke. Totally worth it. Oh, I I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um also while they're at clint's house um uh oh yeah i forgot to mention uh, earlier in the movie uh we see that bruce and natasha kind of have a, a romance type thing going on uh will they won't they a ross and rachel situation mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. um, yep. and i'm like bruce get after it dude just go for it yep. man I like dorky guys <laughs> you're one of us go do it um they have that really emotional scene about not being able to have kids that's what, like each of them and that's stuff? what i was going to bring up yeah there, okay, there sorry, was some yeah, controversy yeah. about that actually okay. um the she refers to herself as a monster in that scene after telling the story of how in the black widow program when she was being raised part mm. of that is the the woman gets sterilized because as an assassin you're not about family or anything like that you, yeah. you don't want to get pregnant because that's just going to hold you back and um i remember joss whedon i think he actually uh, closed his Twitter account after this movie came down, oh, wow. um, or at least for a while, um, mm-hmm. because it was just, it was, it was too much. Like people like going after him. He's like a super liberal dude. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I wish people would like take something like that into consideration. He's not saying that she's a monster because she can't have babies. He's, yeah. she was saying she's an, a, mon- a, a monster because she became an assassin and started murdering people. I, I thought it was pretty obvious, yeah. but people took this the wrong way. Um, but, uh, I, I think that's an interesting aspect to her character that mm-hmm. she, she had that choice taken away from her when she was younger because she was in yeah. this program. And that's one of the primary reasons I want to, I want them to make a black widow movie because it's just mm-hmm. such a, an interesting idea. Um, I know that red sparrow movie is out. I haven't seen it, but it's, yeah, uh, it treads similar territory from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a, a direct translation of the black widow idea, but pretty close but uh, yeah, yeah yeah but yeah i'd still love to see the black widow movie mm-hmm. and i don't know i mean maybe they wouldn't really go back it's it seems like you'd want I, I would want that from her but um they're good about who they're going to do an origin story for and who they're not going to so yeah. you don't know what her movie would be anyway like how they would play that out they might show like some flashbacks or whatever but it wouldn't necessarily be like red sparrow at least seems to be like really going through that program mm-hmm. um like step by step and then how she gets out in the world and Black Widow, we've already seen out in the world, and she's gone through all these movies, so it'd be interesting to see how they actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that, yeah, there's some some similar 
uh, parts to their storylines and everything, and just how it would look. But, uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. I, I don't know why he'd get so much backlash from that. I, I took it as um, I actually wasn't sure how to fully take it uh, from her story. I couldn't tell if she was saying that they just do that to them. Um, or it sounded like she was kind of like, she said like, oh, it's efficient, you know, it's good. Like she almost kind of hinted at like she was on board with that to to be the best assassin she could be. Like it was like partly her decision. Um, and I, it's weird. I think it's all about brainwashing. Yeah. So it's like, it's not really her decision at all. Yeah, but I think she, that's part of it. She had mentioned that know? like to complete the, the program, that's like the final yeah. part of it is to, to be sterilized. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like she's struggling with that, and that's why she thinks she's a monster, because she made that decision, or at least partially made the decision, even oh, if yeah. she wasn't really hers. You know, like, I kind of took it as, like, it's ambiguous at best, but uh, but maybe she has some guilt about it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, also, though, it, it makes sense for an assassin. I thought that was a good point, yeah. because uh, that's a an entire plot line of uh, the Kill Bill two movies, <laughs> that, that series, whatever, yeah. is all about, that's how it fucks up her being an assassin, you know, so... Um, I was like, yeah, that makes sense as an assassin. You wouldn't want that to be coming into play. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, it's interesting. Later in that same scene, a lot happens on Clint's farm. Um, it's a, 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 a lot, lot of does. good like interaction, not, yeah. not action stuff, but uh, interactions. We see that Nick Fury reappears. And I remember mm-hmm. the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh, wow, they brought him back. But really, it's the first time we've seen him since The Winter Soldier, which was yeah. simply two movies before this one in the MCU. <laughs> know, and it's really the, the first movie before this one that took place on Earth with the, the, yeah. the other one being Guardians of the Galaxy. So not a huge stretch there uh, upon yeah. rewatching it uh, week to week like <laughs> this. It. But, uh, <laughs> but it feels that way in this movie. It does, yeah. It does, yeah. Um, and uh, there's also a, a scene, uh, you were talking earlier about the... Uh, Joss having his hand forced on some of the editing and and uh, mm. various creative decisions here. Uh, we have the the scene that I've seen him mention before that he really didn't want to have to put in the movie, but it's mm. laying laying gr- uh, groundwork for you know future movies where uh, mm. Thor learns about the Infinity Stones and mm. um, like it 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 really does kind of slow the the plot of the movie down yeah. a little bit, but. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think it's as egregious as some people have mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't grind to a halt for me. Like it's, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember. I, doesn't it intercut back and forth with yeah, another scene? I think so. Like it's, it seems like it meshes pretty well, even though it slows mm-hmm. things down. Um, but I, I, I can certainly yeah. see Whedon's point. Um, I had seen some, I, I didn't watch it this time, but there's an extended version of that that I guess they cut it down because it hadn't been testing that well mm-hmm. and that it was, so maybe it was like more jarring before. Um, I feel like I watched that scene, that the full scene at one point. Uh, my only thing with it is I, I don't feel like it's so jarring that it like slows everything down or stops everything or whatever. Um, I don't feel like I get a lot out of it. I don't really understand. Like it's so much like and an ambiguity where he's like, I need to go, I need to leave to like explore more about this. Yeah. And it kind of just does feel like it's like propelling um, some other storyline that we don't really get the full thing of. So um, that's my only complaint about it. I don't mind it. I didn't. I, I don't think I would have noticed much about it if anybody hadn't mentioned it to me. Yeah, though. I know. So I was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I would have just been like something for Thor to do instead of hang out and yeah. chop firewood. <laughs> Which, <laughs> yeah. by the way, when, when Tony goes to uh, to fix the, the tractor, <laughs> yeah. he uh, points to his small pile compared to Cap's. He's like, don't touch my pile. 
That still cracks yeah, me up. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, they they joke in this movie a lot about that, like his his uh, rivalry with Thor about their girlfriends. Um, but it's always in jest. Like he he knows that like Cap is a super soldier, mm-hmm. and that he has no real match for him. You know, <laughs> like man to man, like strength wise, you know, whatever, yeah. like that. He's gonna have a small pile compared to his whatever. Like they just joke around about mm-hmm. it like that. They don't allow to take it to heart as much. Well, yeah, there's that one part where Cap he's holding a log that he's going to set down to split. And yeah. He just rips it apart with his bare hands. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, man. That's just, <laughs> that seems cool. Just like minimum yeah. effort too. It seemed like yeah. yeah. I love it. And Tony like barely reacts to it. He kind of just like looks down like, oh really? <laughs> and then just keeps talking. Uh, but it's like obviously that's an insane trick, you know. That, right. That'd yeah. be like to see in real life. That'd be crazy, but. Uh, but yeah, I like that they, they joke about it, but they don't focus on it too much. Yeah. Um, uh, and they all have the different strings and stuff. Obviously, Tony knows that he's very smart and he has all these things he can do or whatever. So he's not really like butthurt about it. It's just kind of interesting. I like how they play around with it. Yeah. So. Captain America is super strong, patriotic, a leader of the Avengers. Tony makes a murder <laughs> bot that kills a bunch of people. Everybody has their strengths. <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so uh the the other uh controversy that i wanted to mention uh, again having to do with black widow was uh some people uh, and i don't think this was as big of a thing but some people online complained i know that's weird complaining <laughs> online uh some people complained that uh they didn't like that black widow was the one who was captured by ultron um mm. but and and I agree that it, it sucks that the it's the the female character that's the one that gets captured mm-hmm. and they have to go rescue her. But also um, something just to take into context uh, is that uh, during this movie, Scarlett Johansson was pregnant, and mm. so I think if there was some like character stuff for her to do where she would actually be on screen, um, mm-hmm. she couldn't do a lot of like action stuff, but she could shoot a lot of things from like the uh, like the chest up or whatever yeah um which i noticed happened quite a bit during those scenes hmm. Interesting. Um, but there wasn't at any point that i saw where uh joss whedon like put out there when people were complaining to him about that he mm-hmm. never said well she was pregnant at this time so it's all we could do like he was mm-hmm. it seems like a classy move to not throw her under, yeah. under the bus like that uh, under the civic whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good callback. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's something to, to take into consideration. It happens to, uh, yeah. to, to women of, of all stripes. Uh, you, you get a baby in your gut sometimes and you have to deal with it. Even if you're an actress, <laughs> like I know, uh, Gal, Gal Gadot, uh, was pregnant during mm-hmm. part of Wonder Woman, yeah. but, uh, she was still able to, to, to do whatever she needed to do. Um, I don't know. If, I, I'm, I don't know anything about, babies or uh, being pregnant obviously so <laughs> I, I don't know if there's uh some more people can handle it better than others or if there's like different <laughs> trimesters where you can do more versus the other i don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know but um and when they were filming yeah, yeah yeah again let's 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 back off joss a little bit he he obviously was not meaning anything uh bad yeah, by, yeah. You know? he wrote buffy i mean come yeah, on yeah. he's all about all about the themes yeah. the females yeah themes sure uh <laughs> somehow that sounds like a derogatory term <laughs> you know it's uh i don't i don't i never thought that it's funny um actually i would i think it's if if you take out her being female i think she's one of the 
less powerful but more skilled Avengers. Oh, yeah. Um, she definitely has some of the best training. And one of my favorite fights from the original Avengers movie is her fighting with uh, Hawkeye when he's still, like, under uh, possession or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like she's, like, going in between... Like, she's, like, flipping all around those, uh, like, that catwalk they're on and everything like that and to, to knock him out. And they're, I like them both because they don't have powers, but they just have a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. They're both, like, spies and soldiers and stuff. Um, so I actually equate them so much together and, like, them being best friends and everything um, that I took this as kind of like, yeah, it's just another, like, someone has to get taken and you know, Hawkeye was the one that got taken last time, essentially. Yeah, like that's what I was thinking too. So, and, and then any yeah. of the other three Avengers would uh, not give, I mean, it, it wouldn't be enough conflict. Like they would just escape mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it'd be one of those things. Um, so yeah, it just, it makes sense. It's like that, that's the character that would get taken. Like it makes the most story sense to me. Yeah. So, and let's go cool with that. Let's keep in mind in the, in the, the scene previous where she was, um, writing the uh the uh that that coffin thing with the vision's body in it from one airplane mm. into another um yeah. she's riding on top of it oh it's such a cool scene yeah so clearly yeah. she's capable yeah so i don't think that's and she it's it makes sense yeah when she gets taken that way yeah so uh, then he just kind of grabs her mm-hmm. from that real quick whatever yeah. so that was cool um yeah so i never really never had an issue with that yeah. it's interesting yeah um, it makes me think of uh, <laughs> like 21 Jump Street where it's like uh, he punches that kid and he's like, you punched me because I'm gay? No, actually, it'd be more homophobic if he punched you because you were gay or because you weren't gay. Right. Like <laughs> just because he's thinking about that. Like yeah. you're, it's like it's actually more uh, it's actually worse to be like, oh, she's a woman. She can't be taken. Right. It's like, no, they're just all characters. Why are you putting that on there? You know, uh, to actually have to like change that. It's like maybe that was just like what the story called for, like which is what it feels like to me or whatever. <laughs> so he, if you want to change it, it'd actually be worse. Yeah. And, and they do something yeah. like that in Deadpool as well, where Deadpool, like during that montage of him, like beating people up and shooting people, he uh, like, I don't know if he punches that woman or he like shoves her in the uh-huh. wall and he was like, Oh shit. Am I, is it more sexist for me to not shove <laughs> yeah. you? Or? Yeah. That's a good exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. So, uh, Another note here is uh, we finally get to see the Vision, uh, which is yeah. one of my favorite Marvel characters uh, in, the, okay, in cool. the MCU right now. Um, he just, I just like his character a lot. I think he looks cool. I know it. Um, I do think it's weird that we get a, a like a third act introduction to him, so we don't get to spend a lot mm-hmm. of time with him. And there's a lot of yeah. like, well, we've got this character and he's super powerful now, so we've here he's the one who wins. <laughs> You know, here he is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, yeah. but I do like his introduction. Um, I like that he has a uh, he has robot butt cheeks uh, whenever he, he first <laughs> wakes up and flies into the flies over to the, the, the window um, uh, and uh, he makes his costume himself. Uh, he's looking at Thor. Thor has a cape. Oh, so he like makes that. his own cape. That was good. Yeah. yeah. I like his. Uh, I think it's so cool. One of the things I put on here and I, I kind of already read that it, it's it's not really what I expected. Uh, was I said that Paul Bettany uh, played the long con doing the voice of Jarvis yeah. this entire time since the very first movie. Yeah, Iron Man. Um, yeah. And all of a sudden he's there. But then um, I actually saw a, a, an interview with him, like a, a snippet of it, that he said uh, what, that... What size snippet um, was it? A little, a, a little one, okay. a little snippet yeah. <laughs> uh, with him that he said... Uh, he was like, yeah, you don't you don't often get to be cast as a new character in a series you're already in. Like, he wasn't expecting it, and, like, 
he was Jarvis, like he was cast as Jarvis as that voice, and now he was cast as the Vision. Mm-hmm. But he didn't know that that was going to be the uh, trajectory of, of where he was going. I, I had written a note at first that I didn't know if you knew the Vision was going to be coming. Um, like I didn't know if that's always like Jarvis gets put into Vision um that's how it works whatever like i didn't know if we were supposed to be expecting that but uh apparently even paul bettany didn't expect in the beginning that he was going to be the character eventually i think that's very cool i don't know if they had that idea Mm -hmm. like if kevin feige had been thinking about that for a long time or when they thought that would work but uh it's really kind of cool to think of like an actor being a part of the series for so long before being actually introduced physically yeah i watched the uh the making of on uh on on itunes uh, for this movie and joss whedon said that after he was done uh, with the first Avengers movie, he said, here's what you would do with the, uh, or here's what they should do with the next movie. They should have Ultron in it, and uh, Paul Bettany becomes the Vision. So mm. um, I think that was, that was probably go. Joss's idea, but man, it works so right well. Uh, Paul Bettany yeah. looks like he stepped out of the, the comic page. Uh, I oh, think yeah, it's yeah. fucking awesome. Um, cool. And in the comics, Jarvis is an actual like human person. He's like a, a butler. Oh. He's like their okay. their Alfred. So uh-huh. um, it, uh, Tony naming his AI Jarvis is just kind of a nod to that because okay. he doesn't need an actual like butler assistant. He's got Pepper for one, and then he's got an AI that can do everything else for him. So mm-hmm. um, just kind of an adaptation of, of that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I knew that the vision was going to be in this. He wasn't on like the posters. Um, mm-hmm. uh, actually, I take that back. He was on like some of the posters, but he was like, a smaller one, like hidden in the background, uh, with yeah. all of the like other Ultron robots flying around him and everything. So oh, if you cool. didn't know to to look for him, you you wouldn't have seen him. Uh, seen him, but yeah, uh, yeah, I I like him. Yeah, that's cool. No, I think he's cool. Um, I like his character design, but uh, in particular, I like the way they filmed him. Um, yeah. All of his motions are like extremely fluid. And it's really cool to think of, like, why that works. Like, um, it almost makes me think of, like, back to the year, like, original Spider-Man movies where people were like, the physics of it don't really uh, work anymore. Like, it feels a little too light or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you could, um, like, him flying around, for instance. Like, Tony flies around and it's like he moves around really quickly. Like, it's like he might come against something and then have to, like, use a thruster really quick and, like, go this way. Uh, but Vision just seems like he can float amongst debris or whatever, and, like, it all seems very fluid and, and easygoing uh, because he can compute all that stuff so quickly. Like, he is, like, a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has emotions. Like, it's all just really neat. Um, I like his, uh, like, the laser power that comes out of his forehead. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it just seems very, very uh, cool and different from the rest of the ones, that, that the way they're filmed and stuff, using their powers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very like fun to watch him, um, the way it actually like is filmed. Right, and uh, there's a spot in uh, towards the end of the movie where we see the helicarrier, we see that war machines come back, and there's some Ultrons flying away from the city that or uh, Vision has to go get. Oh yes, and uh, they're just <laughs> flying around, and he actually Vision in the comics and in in the movies, especially if you watch Civil War, we know that he can change his density and he can walk through walls or whatever. We see yeah. uh, in this movie Vision faces his arms through one of the Ultron robots and rips it apart. And then Rhodey's like, yeah. who's this guy? Yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> that scene is works really well, yeah. yeah. I like that one a lot. Um, and uh, let's talk about the death of a, of a character in this movie. Uh, All right. The way it was set up, when I first saw this movie, I was like, shit, Hawkeye has a family. Well, sad to see him go. Uh, I, I <laughs> sincerely thought it was going to be, be Hawkeye's death. Yeah. 
And um, I remember hearing on the commentary for this movie that uh, Whedon actually set it up that way, kind of on purpose, to, to give cool. the audience a faint. Because um, the, the rumor was that there was going to be a character die in this movie, similar to okay. uh, the first Avengers movie, uh, with that one being Coulson. Uh, but mm. yeah, so so Quicksilver dies in this, um, kind of all throughout this movie, going back to the beginning where uh, Quicksilver uh, like runs past Hawkeye or trips him or something like that, and uh, mm. he says, "Bet you didn't see that coming." And they kind of trade those barbs back and forth throughout the movie. Yeah, and uh, Pietro gets the the last one in as he's uh, riddled with uh, bullets when he moves yeah. Jeremy Renner and uh, that little boy behind that car to uh, to avoid those. Avoid the getting Honda shot. Civic? Yeah, behind the, the Honda Civic bus. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I wrote my note for this was it's a way for them to kill an Avenger without really killing a fan favorite. Right. Um, it's yeah. So it's, it's a way for them to give like a a bigger death. And I mean, Coulson actually I feel like it was, was a much bigger death now than now that I'm thinking about it because um, he was a fan favorite. Yeah, uh, and he was in like more. You know? We we'd seen him more often. Yeah. 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 And. Uh, and you you got him on an emotional level. I I don't really love um, Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch in this that much. I don't like the uh, Maximovs in general. I guess I think that um, Scarlet Witch and the rest of the series I like. I've liked her more, like in Civil War and stuff. And I'm intrigued to get into that again. And I think she looks badass at the end of this one, which we won't quite touch on here. But um, you know, they kind of change up her character look uh, later on in the film. But, um, again, it comes back to me, even though I didn't like the film as much, but in Days of Future Past, with that Quicksilver, he is just so good. And I don't think they're, um, either their accents are that great in this movie, um, like their English uh, versions of, like, Russian um, accents, sort of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Sokovian accents. Uh, they don't sound like that polished to me. And there's just something about them I just don't really care for that much. Um, I And, like... I remember thinking about it, like, leading into this, like, her powers are kind of weird. Like, uh, I do like, uh, that's one of the things I love, though, is Maria Hill, when she's telling, uh, I think it's Cap, she's, like, breaking it down, briefing him on on these new characters and stuff. And she, like, tries to explain, like, what they can do. And she's like, he's quick, she's weird. And I was like, that's a great, like, audience way to, like, introduce them, you know? Um, But, yeah, she, neither of them really sold themselves to me. So whenever he dies, I don't, I'm like, okay. Uh, That line was kind of like, okay, he was there, whatever. Um, but I didn't, I didn't feel much during that scene when he died necessarily. Yeah. I didn't really feel their plight, you know, that they were trying to fight for really. So, right. uh, well, they're both kind of visually uninteresting in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they get, um, not really costumes, but their, their design looks a little bit better towards the end of this movie. But, yeah. um, I think starting with, uh, Captain America Civil War is where they really start to nail Wanda's look a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I, I yeah. love her in that movie. Uh, going I forward. think I do too. Yeah, and kind of towards so. the the end of this movie, where she's able to kind of be her her own person a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, just having her interacting with another new character, which is her brother, in this case, um, yeah, doesn't really do as much for me as it does when she's interacting with Hawkeye in that hut later in in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, going back to Days of Future Past real quick, that came out. Uh, May 23rd, 2014. And this movie was mm-hmm. a, uh, a May 2015 film. So yeah. their version of Quicksilver beat this one to the screen. <laughs> yeah. Of a race. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this one died first. Nailed so it. So they've got that one, I guess. <laughs> That's something to brag about. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I, I've heard people online say that this is Disney wanting to try to quote unquote kill off that character uh, and make him. I, I, I don't know what the what the point of of them killing off this character to to give a fuck you to mm-hmm. Fox. I, I don't think that works quite that way. Yeah, like yeah. We killed off our own version of this character. <laughs> All right. <Ha-ha>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird. I uh, I mean, they kept going with it. I haven't seen their latest film, but he's he's back in the other one that they just did like a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's going to be in the, the one that comes out later this year as well. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. obviously they're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fine. Well, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm glad they're not going forward with it at least because we have that other version. I, I wonder if that affected it or if this always was the story. I feel like it didn't really affect Joss Whedon his story. He probably always was going to have Quicksilver die or something. I wonder if yeah. that was going to be the case. But um, it's like I, I'm glad we're not going to have two different universes going forward with that same character and then we just have Scarlet yeah. Witch now and, and it kind of propels her story forward that she lost a brother and stuff, so that's cool. Um, but I... I, it's funny too. I was thinking about like, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, is that his name? Um, yeah. Who plays Quicksilver in this one? Like, he's Kick Ass. And then his friend from Kick Ass plays the other Quicksilver. And, uh, <laughs> and that one. Yeah. So it's like, they just have like a whole bunch of superhero stuff going on in that group, right? Yeah. But, uh, the other one just plays it so much better. Like, that other character is just so much more fleshed out. Um, this more one, fun I just to don't. Watch. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, his scenes were more intriguing. The effects on this one, I was like, okay, like, he's there. Like, some of the stuff they do with him is neat, how um, that train is, like, derailed and going through the city, and he just is going through and, like, moving people all around the city. Uh, mm-hmm. It was cool, but it wasn't that visually intriguing. Like, I liked the idea of him as an Avenger helping out that way, but I was like, it wasn't that fun to watch, necessarily. Yeah. Like, um, So, yeah, I'm kind of glad they're not going to move forward with that guy, and that, honestly, he, was, he died. I was like, cool, we got something. I don't really care about it. Let's move on. Like, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 Um- there was also a, a scene where uh, the Avengers go to uh, fight Ultron on Claw's boat. Excuse me, ship. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, Thor is throwing his hammer, and uh, Quicksilver is running by in the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. But he sees Thor's hammer, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll go ahead and grab it. And it just yanks them <laughs> like, across the, the, the boat there. Um, uh, I thought that, that was fun. Um, yeah, that's like one of the only like fun things with him, though. Yeah, yeah otherwise not he's too many of them. He doesn't really have a, a, a strong personality in this movie. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. know if that's, that's a good way to put it. In another universe, if, if he would have um, had a better personality developed in, in future movies, uh, in the mm-hmm. comics he's he's kind of a um, a little bit stuck up um, and mm. and annoyed constantly. Yeah. But it's the the reason is given that um, imagine if you had to wait longer than everybody on the universe or in the universe to do everything. Like as you're talking to somebody, you're just waiting on them to finish their sentence, but you already know what it is. You're just thinking that that mm. quickly, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. um, I, I like the character in the comics, but, uh, yeah, in this movie, he doesn't really do, do a whole lot for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and, uh, so the later in the movie, uh, Avengers tower isn't a thing anymore. Um, mm. it was more or less destroyed. Um, not from the ground up, just kind of that top portion of it. Um, they yeah. decided to to do uh, a separate one, uh, New Avengers facility, and we see that that's where um, the the quote unquote New Avengers are going to be mm-hmm. housed out of, um, and that's something that happens in the Avengers comics all the time. Is the the roster changes, so mm-hmm. Thor is going back to to Asgard, ruins the lawn, uh, as Tony mentions. Um, 
from having that uh, that sigil yeah, that burned funny. into the grass. Uh, and then Tony, <laughs> he's he's not sure what he wants to do, um, so, but he he rides off into the sunset with his uh, super rad car. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a bus though. Um, and uh, so Cap has a new new team put together, and uh, we've got Cap and Black Widow uh, along with Wanda, and we've got the Falcon and War Machine and the Vision. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, Joss has said that originally they were thinking about including, uh, possibly Spider-Man in there if they got the rights back mm-hmm. in time, but I don't think they did yeah. for this film. And, uh, also Captain Marvel, but, uh, mm-hmm. the studio changed their mind on it. Um, they, they don't want yeah. that to be her introduction. So, um, so yeah, we, we've got that, that band of six characters, which is pretty much what carries over into Civil War as well. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't try to introduce more people. I I had read about that um, Spider-Man thing only for the first time this other day. That I didn't know that was ever a possibility. Um, and then I I never really cared about. Uh, I don't know if you said Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel. However, she was going to be Marvel, introduced. Yeah. Captain Marvel for yeah. this, but uh, I'm glad that how it's all shaped up. Um, it's funny too. Like I was reading some stuff and they were talking about at the time, um, an Inhumans movie was still on the on the slate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm glad that that dropped out um, from whatever. I mean, it obviously would have been a lot different than the TV show. But uh, yeah. now that the TV show's out, I'm like, oof, yeah, that would have been a, a, a misstep. Up. So, yeah. yeah so um, I, I'm I'm liking the way that uh, it's shaping up for Captain Marvel and that movie. Um, I liked how Spider-Man came in for Civil War instead. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm glad that that didn't work out for this one. I think it would have been too much. I think that the addition of... Um, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch was enough, um, and then Ultron as another villain was enough. Like we had, we had enough packed in this movie through that massive cast list I read through earlier. You know, we didn't need more. I'm showing up, you know, at the very end or something. So let's go through it one more time so uh, the audience can remember <laughs> who all was involved. Uh, no, but I mean, if if Spider Man would have been in that scene, that would have been like the audience could have pieced that together. If it would have been Captain Marvel, a character that most people hadn't heard of, yeah, it would have been like who's who. Like what, it, it wouldn't have on? had that impact. <laughs> At least all the characters that we've seen uh, were already in this the same movie, so it, it tracks yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Um, one thing I, I I wanted to jump back to real quick was uh, you had mentioned uh, Scarlet Witch whenever she's with Hawkeye in that hut, and they're talking, and that yeah. like meant more and everything. But uh, yeah. kind of going back to uh, Maria Hill being like, he's fast, she's weird. Uh, one of my very favorite lines in this whole movie is when Hawkeye says, the city is flying, we're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm so glad that Joss put that in there because mm-hmm. we're all thinking it. Yeah, Why the it, fuck is this guy with a bow and arrow here? You know? And it was such a, a, a well-done line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, great commentary. But hey, if Hawkeye wasn't there, that little kid would be dead for sure. There you go. There yep. you go. And he actually does hold his own. That's the thing. Like, he has a lot of gadgets and his arrows and stuff yep. that do some really cool shit. Um, and obviously, like we talked about earlier, he's trained, you know, to be like a soldier and stuff. So he, mm-hmm. he gets it all. Uh, he can do more than just like a power would suggest. But um, but it is kind of funny when he's, you know, running around with a bow and arrow all the time. And yep. amongst like robots and, you know, these, these crazy things happening all around. So uh, such a, a well-written line. Um works great in the moment does, too yeah. uh yeah every time I, I hear it i'm just like oh fuck yes that was so well done so yeah well uh in that new avengers infinity war trailer we still haven't seen hawkeye but we know that hawkeye is supposed to have a really interesting story arc so i'm super pumped to see what that turns yeah. into 
I'm intrigued to see, uh, I saw that the other day, there's been some interviews with those directors and they've been saying like, hey, we have some stuff planned for him. We're just not going to put him in the trailers, yeah. basically. You know, like, he's got his stuff going on. Don't worry. So, yeah, I'd be intrigued to see how it actually plays out. There's so many characters in that movie that you don't need to show every single one of them that are showing up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in the, in the trailer? Yeah. There's going to be too many for the trailer. Like right. the, the trailer alone <laughs> would be a movie link yeah. <laughs> to show everybody. <laughs> Did you hear about the uh, the additional casting for for that movie? No. Uh, a little uh, uh, a little actor is going to be uh, be in there nope. somewhere? No. Nope. Hadn't, uh, hadn't heard anything? Hadn't heard anything? Uh, nope. Steve? Steve? I, don't, I don't think I have. Didn't hear about An the, Infinity uh, War? Additional casting? Uh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no. Uh, do you want to Who know or do you want me to? I don't know. Should I know? Um, is it a spoiler? I don't, I don't know. Uh, we don't know who or what this, this character is playing. It, it may be voice only even. Mm. Um, I'd say you spoil it for me. Go okay. ahead. So audience spoilers for a poster that's on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> is that it's on, uh, at the bottom of that new motion poster, uh, that they released. Uh-huh. Um, rad. but, uh, in the, in the like actor uh, names listed down at the bottom, uh, mm. speaking of days of future past, Peter Dinklage, is ah. his name is listed on there interesting but yeah. we have no idea what he'd be playing right no no I'm, he has a cool voice hmm. though so i could see him voicing one of the uh the black order characters the the evil oh alien. that'd be cool yeah yeah because yeah. we still haven't we don't um still know much about them at all either right uh-uh, no not a, not according to the to the movies yeah yeah man that'd be interesting yeah i'm once again, super pumped for this new one coming out. Uh, that last trailer was phenomenal. That motion poster is so cool. Yeah. Um, they did a good job of not showing too much uh, on either of those. Uh, but man, just get me excited, getting everybody excited. So I know when Spider Man's on there, front and center, even. I uh, yeah, they, that was awesome. I couldn't do that with Civil War. I was surprised to see that. But yeah. yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's cool in his new suit. Yeah, holy shit! All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're uh, pushing three hours on this. On this, I know it's a long. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm, I'm kind of um, thinking again that we are, you know, like rethinking our decision to uh, to do a comic and a movie at the same time. And then especially leading into Civil War next time, right. doing the same thing. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, to think about that a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like give ourselves a timeline. I wonder if it'd be easier just because the, the two stories in particular are similar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we could kind of do them together yeah. instead of like separate reviews or whatever. Mm-hmm. But we don't ever That'd say which one we're talking about. Just make it super good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. So within She-Hulk. <laughs> People were like, what movie did I watch? What movie did they watch? Um, all right, so on the, uh, let's talk about the mid credit scene here, um, yeah. which is the only after credit scene, uh, which has uh, a glove mm-hmm. that's uh, being pushed forward, uh, I guess being pushed backward, but it's displayed forward, get like it, toward the audience. Get it right. Yeah. Yeah. My God. That's the most unrealistic <laughs> thing in the MCU. This movie is glitter. Fuck it. Um, wow, that took a <laughs> it turn. Was, it was so close. No, um, yep. we see a, a, a gauntlet of sorts being uh, summoned forth by none other than Mr. Thanos. And yeah. he says he will do it himself. My question oh, is, man. does he monitor the Avengers' actions on Earth? Uh yeah. I mean, I guess it's it's possible after the first movie, after Loki mm-hmm. was uh, was cucked as a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and my other question is, was he expecting a different outcome from Ultron? Like, yeah, did, right. 
Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense, but I still like it, you know, because oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's a thing I'm that's cool going it. to happen eventually. I hope I live yeah. long enough to see it. <laughs> no, I'm cool with that. Um, I think he's he's a disgruntled old man. He's been sitting at home on his couch watching Fox News and uh, <laughs> getting, been getting all the reports uh, about everything going on here. So, yeah, I think he knows. Yeah. Yeah. I have no issue with that. Uh, it bums me out that they get Fox News all the way out there and no, like that. <laughs> that's the only one though that's the thing. oh oh god that's, so, why, that's why he's okay I that's know. why he's so angry that's he's why so, he's like that yep. okay <laughs> well, there you go um so yeah along with that i i'd written some notes here uh obviously we're pretty long on time here so i'll just kind of mention them but um you and i you had told me that you had watched a, a special on the on itunes about the infinity stones and kind of where we're at with all of those and i watched that too super useful um it probably is on youtube out there somewhere as well so i would definitely recommend anybody go out and find that if you're uh wanting to kind of catch up on where the infinity stones are but um it was it was a really good um kind of basis for what they all are um so i just wrote down kind of what they are what they look like um where we've seen them and everything so the space stone is uh, the blue one that's in the tesseract uh reality stone is red that was the ether from thor the dark world uh, the Power Stone is purple. That was in the orb from Guardians of the Galaxy. And then the Mind Stone, which is actually yellow. Um, Loki's Scepter is blue, but um, once it actually gets out of there, it's yellow, and that's what goes into Vision mm-hmm. or the Vision. So um, I thought that was neat. That's one of the things I wanted. I don't want to get into it a whole lot now, but um, I hadn't really realized, I guess, that the Vision is made of like a biological version of um, Vibranium, I mm-hmm. guess. And then with, with that, like, he that has like sort of. on top of it. Yeah. He sort of has like Jarvis, but also like Ultron kind of half in there. And then like power from Thor because Thor jumps on him and does like a Frankenstein uh, lightning bolt to him. And then, and then he has the power stone. And then he's made out so, of Black Panther metal. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah like he's, he has all he, of that. He's tied into everything pretty much. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I said the power stone, but he has like the mind stone. Mm-hmm. So now he has like that in his head. So like his I'm really worried about with uh, Ultron, not Ultron, with uh um, Infinity War coming up and stuff, and and Thanos wanting all of those stones. Like, what's that going to mean? Yeah. Um, because it's in his body. So I don't know if he's going to die or if he can live without that. It's like kind of ambiguous, I guess, for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. In uh, in the comics, the the various stones uh are well, they're referred to as gems there, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, the the <laughs> the colors are different. But recently, mm-hmm. because of the movies being like so popular. They they recently changed the colors, and there was oh, a, really? a recent comic where somebody was like, uh, "They changed colors. I wonder why." And they're like, "Yeah, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. They're like, "Fuck it." So yeah. um, at this point in the the Marvel rewatch, we've got uh, two stones left to to find. Uh, we know mm-hmm. there's one, the Time Stone, we see in a, a later movie. Which one will it be? Hey, um, and I've actually forgotten. I don't know. Okay, good. That, that's why I didn't mention. It. I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, cool. uh, but you'll know it when you see it. And then um, yeah. the Soul Stone still hasn't been revealed. Um, and, mm. and you know, you and I are current up through Black Panther, so uh, we're. I'm going to assume that we're going to find out in Infinity War, uh, or yeah. maybe the the movie afterward. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Yep. Um, so should we get into ratings? Yeah. Um, so I'll just mention the Rotten Tomatoes first is a uh, 75%, um, which I think is pretty good. Um, 
I, I think that's how I was this time. That's about right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have thought it should have been a little higher before, like maybe in the 80s, like low 80s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like this one more than some fans. Um, but this time when I watched it, it was kind of middle of the road. So um, I would say this was hands for me. Yeah, I'm going to give this one a hands as well because um, yeah. I, I like it and I have a lot of fun watching it, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not as good as... Um, the first Avengers movie or Winter Soldier or Guardians. It's not as fun either, yeah. 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 Like, I'm not going to throw this one on as much as I am the Avengers by any stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Because that one's just awesome to watch all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But this one, it's like, yeah, it's okay. I I don't like the story as much, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, audience, what did you think of Age of Ultron's uh, we, we discussed two, uh, <laughs> let us know what you think of either or both of them via email, Twitter, or Instagram. And, um, that's going to be in the show notes of this episode on your podcast player. So refer back to that and, uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll give you that information towards the, the end of the show as well. Um, for next week, I'm not sure what we're doing, uh, for, for certain on everything, but, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to talk about Ant-Man uh, we're gonna have a little conversation about that. Uh, and then um and also captain america's civil war the uh the the movie film from 2016 um Mm -hmm. and uh maybe the the comic that the yeah winter soldier or not winter soldier civil jesus christ civil war is based on (laughs) holy shit we don't want to have another three-hour episode but we are intrigued to talk about it so we'll see how that plays out we're not sure (laughs) (laughs) um you and i don't have a lot to discuss about ant-man like as a movie it's uh it's kind of sam adams to me right now uh i know Mm -hmm. uh, pre-movie spoilers uh, or pre-discussion spoilers but uh it's kind of middle of the road for me so i don't yeah. I have a, a, probably a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, same here. But we'll see. Um, so, yeah, like I said before, if you want to email us a suggestion, question, comment, dog picture, uh, your feelings about anything we discussed today or on a, a different episode, definitely let us know via Twitter or Instagram at LTASpod. Or you can email us at Let's Talk About Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would, go ahead and rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. Yeah. Again, um, it's still broken. You can only give five stars. Um, there's no ETA for fixing that. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and just give us the five-star rating. You want to give us that anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we appreciate your forced giving us that. I, I don't have any way to access like Stitcher or um, any other podcast provider. So I have to go through iTunes. But I have been mm-hmm. repeatedly emailing Steve Jobs. Be like, dude, what? come on. Like, Why doesn't this work? What are um, you doing? You need to get your shit together. And I assume you haven't gotten a response from Steve Jobs. No, it's like he's ignoring me. I don't know if he's blocked <laughs> me. Like, I don't think I'm that annoying uh, on, on um, my emails. But I... Um, Brent? Mm-hmm. What's up? He did. What? <laughs> because of my emails? Yeah, you killed him. <laughs> okay. You killed him, Brent. You oh and his God. fruitarian diet. Oh, yep. holy shit. Uh, same well, thing. I guess we're just going to do five-star reviews only. Oh, Sorry, man, Steve. I guess so. Yeah. Well, is what it is. Yeah. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> what if what if he's from the afterlife leaving movie reviews and that was him Ooh. leaving the shape of water review? <laughs> <laughs> it all comes full full circle. <laughs> Amazing. Oh man. Uh and also be sure to follow Steven on Letterboxd and Twitter. 
at Stephen Fisher 22. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. Yeah. So, uh, whew, that was a marathon. It was, uh, <laughs> I didn't expect it, but we should have, uh, this is what we do. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know, uh, given the timeline of everything, I was like, well, maybe we could split it up in two episodes, but I think we just have to throw it out there at, uh, you know, nearly three hours. So you guys are welcome. Yep. And uh, we'll try to get it again next week with Civil War. So <laughs> until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Uh, let's talk later. Well, the sink word can be nothing other than fish dicks. So fish dicks on three. <laughs> One, two, three, fish sticks. I love that email because uh, just like you said right there, I didn't know if you'd come across as fish sticks or fish sticks. And maybe you mm-hmm. didn't hear a difference right there even. But look at that. That's how it goes. <laughs> it makes me hesitant to eat fish sticks. I know. You know, later in life. Then you're like, wait, are these fish sticks or fish dicks? You don't know. That's the thing. I don't. Maybe they're rectangular. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they're shaped. They vary by species. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Sorry, my voice. Voice cracked. Sorry, a little bit. We're talking about comic books, guys. Hey, hold on. Hold on real quick. I want to, uh, I'm going to let the, uh, my best boys (laughs) outside uh, (laughs) and uh, just let them hang out out there. They're freaking out in here. Where did you go? Where did you go? Be there, man, man. See you, dude.